A table for every world, a world for every table. This is Table Flip, where we explore every setting the Genesis RPG system has to offer. Welcome to Table Flip, episode one, Shadow of the Beanstalk Actual Play, where we will be playing through the Shadow of the Beanstalk or Android setting, which is a first party setting for Genesis. This is our very first episode, and you may be thinking to yourself, wait, I thought there was supposed to be a session zero discussion episode first. Well, first, you're very savvy. Congrats to you. And second, yes, you are correct. However, at this stage of the podcast, we were still finding our footing and operating under the assumption of a pretty different format. While I was editing, it turned out that what we had produced for the session zero here was actually sort of boring and pretty divergent from what we ended up pivoting to by the second sequence. Long story short, I decided to skip the Shadow of the Beanstalk sequences session zero, but future sequences will definitely include it. With that said, this is a long inaugural episode that was pretty complicated to record and edit. Because of scheduling issues and format pivots, we never recorded the very end. So unfortunately, you'll hear me narrate the very, very end of the session rather than the cast play through it. I learned a ton from this process, though, and I can't wait to apply those learnings to future episodes. I also think this was just a genuinely cool mini story, so I am really excited for you to hear it, and I really hope you enjoy it. I'm your GM, Micah Kesselman, also known as Bat Crab, and with me are my co-hosts, my players, Lindsay, Tom, and Z. Who, uh, please, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves and what characters you're going to be playing? Hello, I'm Lindsay, um, and I will be playing Mickey Sneed, based off of a real person's name that I happened to hear in conversation and could not let go. <laughs> Mickey is the child of lunar insurrectionists, grew up in Heinlein, got herself down to New Angeles through certain means, don't worry about it, and became a career and is now in that line of work. And you, you get to hear more later. I'm Tom and is a recently emancipated bioroid and is generally confused at his ability to make choices. Uh, and is kind of struggling to understand if now that he can make choices, but he was better than humans at everything else he was supposed to do. Does that make him worse now because he's more human or does that make him better because he's human plus? And he's trying to figure out both that and why he's now different and how to like blend in with the world. I'm Z. I have a character called Rin Sufakai. And Rin is a downtrodden organ harvester slash android body part hunter living in the slums, hunting people for the, the mafia there. How did he end up here? Well, it's kind of sad. He had a family, a wife and daughter, and a great job as a union leader for the transportation up and down the beanstalk. And then after his job was taken over by thyroids, 
such as rent. He became an alcoholic, um, became violent towards some thyroids. That's when his wife decided to leave him with his daughter. So now he wants to see him again. He's been many years sober and has finally scraped together the cash to pay Mickey, who he knows has the connections to to get a ride. Uh, and he's paid Mickey a fair sum of money to get up there. I forgot to give the context is that Rend is a bioroid that works on the beanstalk as well. So maybe part of the problem for Rend. We might have to be really explicit when we say rend and rin this 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 session. Yeah. Really <laughs> <enunciate>. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't we didn't pick these names at the same time together at all. We enter the scene in New Angeles, largest city on earth. Uh, the city that emerged around the beanstalk, this tether that has tied humanity to the stars and brought a world into a new era of wealth and progress. Uh, the city spreads farther than any other city before it, and maybe any other city after it. It spreads horizon to horizon. It is basically the entire country of what used to be Ecuador and is now mostly taken up by New Angeles. We zoom in through the myriad districts that have buildings layered upon building, neighborhoods entirely encapsulated by the surrounding star scrapers. We zoom in towards the beanstalk itself, towards the root of the beanstalk, where we see this enormous structure towers over everything around it. The root is a man-made structure as big as any mountain that you might see. It extends 4,700 meters above sea level, and it dwarfs the surrounding buildings. It secures the beanstalk to Earth and is where travelers begin their journey when they wish to go to the stars. From the route, you can make your way up stock to, to Midway Station as a midpoint and then continue on to Challenger Planetoid, the geosynchronous mini planet and space station that keeps the beanstalk secure. And from there, you can go on to Luna, Mars, or anywhere else in the solar system that has been colonized. We zoom in further and we enter into Earth Terminal Station, nestled deep inside of the route. Earth Terminal Station is itself hundreds of meters above the rest of New Angeles. From Earth Terminal, you can actually see outside of the structure and you can see the city spanning horizon to horizon can see the clouds, the cloud layer as actually below you for the most part. If there, if the uh, plas steel and and transparent aluminum wasn't there to keep area enclosed, you would undoubtedly suffocate from the altitude that you're at. Earth Terminal Station itself is packed. There are millions of travelers who go through it every day. The entire area is part shopping district, also part travel terminal. 
Yeah, you have lines upon lines of people buying tickets for to secure their transport up stock. Among those people, you have the SEA Space Elevator Authority, so-called Yellow Jackets, who are a private security force that maintain tight control and security within Earth Terminal and along the stock. They are called yellow jackets because they wear their they wear yellow jackets and it is their job to keep everyone safe as they transit the, the beanstalk zooming in further we see two characters we see mickey sneed and rin sufakai shoulder to shoulder at a security checkpoint two yellow jackets on the other side of the desk stand across with them. The one leans over to the other sort of dour man in his middle age, pale skin, short crop, dark hair, and his partner at the kiosk, very clearly new to the force, blonde woman. And he leans over to her and says, uh, these guys aren't coming up on any of our records. I, th th these tickets are obviously fake. Newbie, what do, you, what do you think we should do with these guys? And she begins to chew on the top of her pen as she tries to think through what she should do. I think as they're discussing this, they're not being subtle about it. They have the air of authority and don't really seem to care that you can hear that they're discussing, probably potentially detaining you. In this setting in the world of Android, there is this sort of hard light technology. And I think that, you know, every yellow jacket probably has like a little shoulder thing that pops up beside their shoulder, like a little screen that says, you know, hello, have a nice day. Welcome to Earth Terminal Station. Please comply and we will process you as fast as we can. With a little like smiley emoji under it or something. But yeah, Mickey and Rin, you guys are seemingly stuck at check-in. You're not even able to get past check-in at this point. It seems that whatever tickets you secured may not have been completely on the up and up as you thought. Yeah, Rin is seeming. I just gave you basically all the cash I have and we're stuck here. You're supposed to be the smuggler. I don't say this in words, I just stare at her like a new killer. Meanwhile, Mickey is also seething, but not at Rin, but at her contact who seems to have supremely fucked her over. And she kind of expected it because she doesn't have the most faith in this guy, but he really does come through sometimes. So she keeps working with him and doesn't really know why. And now she's going to have to figure out how to get these two to really believe in it. Let's see. I guess Mickey's going to smile at the, at the two there and just say, I'm so sorry. Can you please check again? I, I, I don't know what's going on here, but I... Uh, we used the last of our money to get these tickets. I swear they're good. Look, we can check a dozen times. The computer keeps fine. We'll check one more time, okay? And he goes ahead, he pulls up his pad and, and begins inputting data yet again into the field. While he enters your information, we pan over probably like 20, 30 feet, blended in with the crowd as effectively as possible. We see Ren, would Ren be wearing like a hood or something to sort of hide his, his view, hide view of him? No, he's working. He's probably wearing 
worker gear. So, like nobody pays attention to the working bio bioroid in the corner. Okay, kind of similar to like a hazmat suit, maybe some sort of some sort of onesie, right? Yeah. Don't want to get oil all over my clean bioroid body. <laughs> but he's like pounding away at some like broken panel or like a broken dispenser and in the waiting area of this of the uh, beanstalk route we're not in like a private room we're like in a public area no you are in yeah you are at like a security check-in so imagine okay. sort of the airport trying to get onto the plane yeah imagine uh-huh. the busiest airport you have ever experienced and then multiply that by multiple orders of magnitude and that is what you are experiencing right are now. shoes on your, your shoes are on they can see through your shoes it's fine in the future, they finally, it took, no one knows how, when specifically Android is set. It's an indeterminate number of centuries in the future, but they eventually figured out how to like do security without making you take your shoes off. It's incredible. Rand, you can hear, uh, you can overhear what's going on. Yeah, he's definitely paying attention and his ears are perked that there's a, a challenge happening somewhere. Even his Wi-Fi signals are basic. I mean, you didn't, you definitely can't tell. Like, there is there are wireless network connections, actually. So one thing about Android and this setting is that there are actually... Everywhere basically has, like, short-range, near-field communications technology. So there's always, like, a, a wireless connection port somewhere. So I did mean to ask this earlier, but I was going to say, because I do have a pad, is there a way that, like, as a courier, I would actually have something in the, I don't know, the... Interwebs database, icebreaker, I don't know what words are capabilities to help me with situations like this. I kind of started looking through them and I didn't understand how I would get them at all. So Android does have a a big emphasis on net running, which is sort of hacking. No one took the hacking route, which is fine because it's not all just about the whole hacking thing. So uh, you do have a pad. I don't know that It's given that everyone has a pad and you actually specifically do have a pad in your gear. Yes. And I chose that because I was like, could we do a custom thing where I have like an ability? I I don't don't know. But I didn't look into this because I got busy and I wasn't able to. So if that's a no, it's fine. Well, what do you want to do with your pad? I I think that's that's the question. Just like be able to um, legitimize myself on local like databases basically have something custom that would like get in somewhere and be like yes no hi this person should be here (laughs) but i don't know if that would work for like the beanstalk or if that would just be something that would be like in a company building which would more likely be what i'd be dealing with on a regular basis no i mean i think that you could maybe pull up records from other sources and try and present them as if like hey here this is you know look you know I, i work for this employer here you go and sort of weave that into you trying to convince that their records must be wrong and you're on like, you don't have time to deal with this sort of nonsense. I mean, it depends on what kind of tactic you take. Nevertheless, though, yeah, as we jump back to Rin and Mickey, the dour older man whose name you now notice is Patrick because their little like hologram shoulder pop-ups have their, it says at the bottom of them, you're interacting with Patrick today. Husband, father. Weekend Warrior. Yeah, they. I think that they each have like their own little. They get to put their own like little uh, slogans. Twitter description under them. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, under under Patrick, it says uh, exactly that: husband, father, weekend warrior. Swipe right for five stars. Please rate your experience today. And Patrick looks up to you. And all right, look, we've 
look, we've looked again. Ma'am, there's no record of you having any ticket here. The number you gave me just turns up an error. Um, I'm going to have to actually, do you have identification on you? I absolutely do. And I'm going to be showing it to you right now, along with my receipt from when I purchased these tickets. Mickey immediately pulls out her pad to some quick finding of these credentials that she has stored somewhere in her in there and uh, shows them to Patrick with a very, very pissed off look on her face. Yeah. Okay. I think that uh, why don't you go ahead and roll a that's a that's a deception for sure. No, you're right. I should have been more charming. <laughs> does she not actually have those? Are you saying she she doesn't have them? She's trying to fake it? I mean, they're very, yeah, they're very good fakes. Uh, she is constantly pretending that she's legitimate in places she should not be. Even though the people who work in those places are usually the ones calling her, they don't want her to be on any sort of record. So, yeah, she has a lot of very, very good fakes. Okay, actually, yeah. So, and let's, to, to legitimize the fact that we're actually playing this game the way that it's meant to be played by the rules, I'm going to have you flip a story point because you're sort of declaring that you have these items. I think that's totally fine, and that's a thing that makes sense to declare the items. Oh, you know, okay, sure. You, you have got these it. records. Are the story points as they're supposed to be? I can't remember. They are. Three for us, one for you? Yep, exactly. Okay, good, good, you good. You guys start with a, an enormous advantage of story points. Great. I flipped it. Okay, so that will, um, basically you're using that story point to declare that you have these records that you keep on hand and have access to on a pretty easy basis. Go ahead and roll a deception. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> so uh, it's gonna be up against vigilance. So a red and a purple. Interesting. So you got four successes and one threat. You are able to pull off this uh, ruse without a hitch. Patrick sort of looks at your identification and the sort of the IDs that you're providing him and squints at them. And before he can even say anything, his partner picks him and says, All right, ma'am, that looks great to me. Uh, ha- ha- should we be should we be hassling these guys right now? They she seems to be legit, right? That's what that's what that means. No, Bessie. Bessie, no, that's not what that means. We need to vet them still. And I'm going to spend the threat, basically, to have Patrick believes what you're saying. He believes that you are who you purport yourself to be. But with that, though, I'm going to apply that as a strain back to you. So take one strain. And Patrick Mm -hmm. is going to say now... This is all well and good, but what does this mean for you don't have a ticket and I don't see how any of these identifications help you with a ticket. Ma'am, I cannot let you pass. We're not letting you on to the beanstalk without a ticket. That's how it works. Mickey switches to a smile. Sir, you've seen who I work for. You know that I'm legitimate. I apologize for any issues with this ticketing but i can promise you that it will be taken care of and we would really really understand what a valuable employee you are and potentially could be for us if you just don't hassle me and let me go on my way i'll give you my cards so that you can contact me later for any issues yeah go ahead and definitely roll a charm and charm's gonna go on their cool which is not very they're not very cool patrick is not a cool dude just one purple 
One purple. And I'll, I'll give you a boost for that. I think um, that's a, a good pivot. Patrick's a really dour, pouty son of a bitch. On the other hand, Bessie. So Patrick is dour or mean and pissy. Bessie, on the other hand, I think she is very clearly new to the job, but not super committed to it. And you see sort of Bessie perk up and oh ma'am i'll take i'll take that right from me that sounds great you know i i am sure that we can probably make uh some adjustments to this w- would you be willing to but we could help you buy a ticket right here right now and you could just use that we had to you're not your record isn't in the system so we we can't we can't let you go without having a record of your transit see as you can see i actually do have my receipt right here and you know that my company is absolutely good for the money but i am not going to pay out of my own pocket if you understand what what company what company uh, what, what does your company do exactly uh, if you don't know i'm i'm not i'm not certain how you don't we're all over the news what's the company's name oh uh, all i'm thinking of is the word fraulein right now and i don't know why fraulein works Sure, um, yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> but like, cutesy, it probably has something to do with Heinlein, which is why I'm going there. Brownlein, Heinlein, I don't know. Whatever Mickey says, Rin knows it's not true, so he's like, Brownlein, oh my god, we're so fucked. Yeah, so what, what, what is Rin doing right now? Is he just like looking grumpy in the, in the corner? He's trying his hardest not to look guilty, <laughs> so... No, I mean, they're sitting next to each other, but he's just trying to, like, stare at the table. And he's committed to, I'm going to stare at this table with as much patience as I can until we get through this. Patrick is going to make, I, I actually want to have, yeah, the Yellow Jackets. Patrick is going to make an, a, a perception check against your cool. As Bessie and Mickey are talking about Fraulein and how great Fraulein is, Patrick looks over and notices that Rin is sort of like barely holding his shit together and ignores the other two for a moment and turns to you, Rin. What, sir, what, 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 what exactly do you, what business do you and your traveling companion have? What is your, um, what's your purpose for this trip? Oh, well, I'm, um, I'm a consultant. Consultant? What, what, what do you consult on? The material integrity of the Beanstalk's third sector um, support system. Brian would know what he's talking about since he, he used to yeah, work. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, I, I, I want to say... I- the way that you're just the way that you're saying it, it sounds like you're just making shit up because you are. But Rin also would definitely. Yeah, he has experience with this. So this wouldn't really be a lie. I mean, it would be a deception, I guess. Go ahead and roll a deception against the vigilance. You definitely get a boost because you're not. Cause what, what you're saying is like these are actual things while that's being rolled. Rend definitely overhears that at this point and you can sort of overhear this faltering exchange as it it really isn't clear whether or not these two are going to make it through security two threats and three successes so you definitely convince patrick that you're doing something up there that you are a consultant so i know what i'm that's so 
you would get four strain. So you basically have brought them to their uh, that they want to let you through. But Patrick, thanks for saying. And, and just for a brief moment, you almost you feel like you, you you almost think you see a smile, and he on on his dour face, and he looks at Rin and says. Oh, well, now, you know, that would have explained quite a bit if you had just told us that earlier. This, if you are uh, service personnel, then you aren't supposed to come through the public transit uh, terminal. You obviously are supposed to go through the, the service access. Uh, where, who, who is your, your managing contact at Earth Station? Why well, I, 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 I glance at Mickey thinking like, why, why do I have to answer this shit? Why? So, uh, Mickey, who is my um, managing contact again here on Earth? Oh, you know, Larry. Are you sure it's Larry? It's absolutely Larry. Hold on. I have his card. I'll get it. Mickey reaches into one of <laughs> I like that you have just like a bunch. Of, I like the idea that Mickey has like just a bunch of business cards. Oh, just no fake business, business cards. Business, Absolutely. Like only, you have a Rolodex. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. So the only human in existence, the only entity in existence that has a Rolodex. It's great. Mickey it has it. Yeah. Totally throws people off. They don't even know what to do. Very much stalls their connection time. It's great. Bessie takes her card and says, uh, Larry, who, uh, he should be with you. You all shouldn't be wandering around Earth Station by yourself. Your managing contact is supposed to manage you and be your contact. Why isn't Larry here with you? Well, because I'm actually here in Larry's stead. Are you not understanding what's happening here? I'm so sorry. So we had talked a little bit about Rend having sort of like a brain brain mapping off of uh, off of a schizophrenic epileptic, right? So I think that with that threat, Rend, you, out of nowhere, Rend, you fall, you sort of go rigid and stiff and, and fall to the ground and have, ha- have basically a vision of something, of these two uh, with you in one of the pods on the beanstalk. And y- you can tell me if this is a, fam- like this is a familiar experience or if this is a totally new experience, but either way, uh, you have this vision, it's brief, five seconds at most, and then you snap back to reality. But I think that when you had this vision, you you sort of collapsed to your knees and did it almost half shut down, which caused a bit of a scene as a bunch of people sort of circle around you. And now you are coming back, back to consciousness, or back to the present at least. Yeah, I think maybe as a bioroid like they they're they're mostly computers so they can probably future predict pretty frequently because they their own will is never like a variable in you know seeing what's what's going to happen five seconds from now it's usually pretty a pretty simple computation like figure out okay what's what's going to come up how is this ball going to fall if i drop it but now that he's got Will, this probably is something that's happened since he's been emancipated, which is really fr- recently, by the way. So, like, he's not used to having a Will at all. And this is probably something that happens when the chain of future actions based on his decisions just overloads circuits and it's way too much to handle. So he's used to seeing glimpses of what's about to come, but it's always been certain, like, yeah, of course, that thing happens because that's what I do. But now it's, wait, 
this future vision is not something that it's too much for the system to handle. Yeah, and I think that this has the, there's, this is the added aspect of this feels a little different additionally in that this almost feels like it's it's like Renda seeing this occur, this simulated future or projected future, but through almost like a, a membrane or a film rather than the more first person experience that he has typically had previous to this with these sort of like near future predictions. But regardless of that, yeah, Ren, you snap back to it. You're back to reality. And yeah, a small circle has sort of stopped around you. No one offering to help more just rubbernecking and being a little bit confused of why the bioroid is, you know, falling well, Roomba just hit the wall, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the Roomba just flipped, flipped itself on its back. Like, should we help? No one really knows what to do. You have a problem going on over there. Why are you interacting with us right now? I've already told you everything's going to be taken care of. We should really, he'll, he'll know how to help with this. You can't be having your your equipment ma- like malfunctioning in front of all of these people. Wait, who's who, who's going to help? You're going to be helping with this because that is your job. No, Mickey no. stares at Rin in a way that says, shut the actual hell up and pretend for once in your life. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Patrick sort of sighs and presses the bridge of his nose and goes, pass by right junk. It's always fall. Yes, I think your companion is correct. You are both consultants. Uh, please consult this problem and then we can deal with your inability to enter the correct entrance of the beanstalk. Thank you so much for your understanding. I know that your job just isn't always that easy, but you're such a pleasure. You too, Bessie. And she drags Rin through them. Patrick turns around and then you see Bessie mouth like he he's really not a pleasure as you guys walk away. I like Bessie. She makes me think of cows, and cows have soft noses and pretty eyelashes. That, that, that's the key to scrippers of Bessie, actually. She has a very soft oh, that's nose so nice. and long eyelashes. It's a genetic condition. Well, you know, there's there are these things called wilders in the android setting, and it's people who genetically modify themselves to take on animalistic traits. So maybe Bessie is, yeah, hers is just a cow. It's just oh, a I nose, love Bessie. Though. She actually has naturally long eyelashes. It's... She's quite blessed that way, yeah, but she doesn't have a soft cow nose, though. Ooh, a breeze. <laughs> this is why Patrick's so grumpy. His coworker <laughs> really wants to be a cow. I see nothing wrong with that. That sounds great. Well, at this point, like, most domesticated cattle's basically extinct, I would think, right? So most meats either clone meat, like, cultivated meat, or there's, like, special cloned animals that don't really look like cows so it'd be like it would be like someone being obsessed with well i guess it'd be like someone dressing up like a dinosaur now all the time there we go perfect it'd still be weird so bessie's a nerd in the distance bessie is like waving to you guys and smiling while you guys are having this conversation all right i i approach rand um what is rand doing is he still lying on the or is it still lying on the on the ground. No, I was just kneeling, <clears throat> trying to pick up the wrench that he, the over, like massive wrench that only a, a bioroid could probably effectively use. Kind of lifts his eyes, sees sees you approaching, and he says, "You, you, 
You think there's something wrong in the third section? I don't have any reports on my logs of the third section being wrong. I just say error log. Give me your error log. Okay. He, he complies. Sends the error log over. I was referring to the third section of the beanstalk that you had lied yeah, I, I don't, about before. Whatever. Okay. Just tell me what went wrong. <laughs> he sends you the error log. And when you receive it onto your pad, it like pops up. Do a, a, a hard knowledge science roll. So three purple. It's knowledge science. Zero successes and one threat. Uh, so the error log itself uh, is imparsable. You, you just can't parse it. It doesn't make any sense to you. Illegible. Uh, yeah, it's, it's totally illegible to you. Okay. With the threat, though, I I think that you know, you know that the, there is something off about Rend, though. Regardless, you can't figure out what's going on with the error log, but you know you don't like it, and it makes it hard harder for you to trust Rend. Why isn't he? Harder he's than looked at error logs like a, a thousand times over the past couple weeks, and he's never seen one that couldn't be deciphered before. It's like this is the first one. Is like, wait, what? Yeah, like there's it's and the reason you can't decipher is that there's like strange there's very strange perturbations within the error log that just don't make any sense. It, it, it just doesn't fit what Bioroids are supposed to spit out. But yeah, so like the, the, what the threat, though, is just means it's a little harder for you to trust Rend. So the, no strain, no mechanical impact, just sort of carry that forward with you. Yeah, plus even the way Rend responded with um, not giving the error log right away, like something one. Well, do you, do you see anything I don't see? I've already run debugs on all of it. I can't find anything. Of course you have. Um, well, get back to work. I strangely don't remember what I was working on. That's okay. Actually, I have a have a little bit of a better idea here. Um, we've unfortunately come to the wrong entrance. We're supposed to be going uh, in the service way. Would you Would you be kind enough to? Guide us to where we're supposed to be going. Bioware's going to report us. Thank you. Oh no, you see, we're perfectly legitimate. You can just make you widens her eyes. <laughs> hmm? I believe everything that you said to the Yellow Jackets 15 minutes ago. I don't know why they didn't let you through. You seem completely normal and trustable. I'll show you to that entrance, no problem. You see, Rin, let's go. Thank you very much. Make sure you rate him lower stars for a future reference. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead just and read this guy on my pad. <laughs> I don't even have a rating. We can walk over towards... Uh, we're trying to get into the the stock because we're just you're, in You're like, trying to get into the... You're, you're trying to enter the terminal. You're, you're trying to enter the actual terminal so you can board oh, yeah. one of the pods. You're basically at like security and check-in right now. Oh, we've gotten past that. We're fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. Rend, I think you you can escort them through the service entrance and enter the terminal proper with your own credentials. Yeah, I think Rend will lead him through, and he's not sure why, but it's a choice that he gets to make on his own without it being like part of his job description, so he does it. I want you to roll. You who? Uh, Rend. Sorry, Ren, okay. <laughs> roll a cool check, I think. And the cool check, it is going to be okay. just average difficulty at this point. But yeah, roll, roll a cool check. Let's see. Um, What's the, what, what is the cool check um, for? Actually, I'm going to spend a story point 
to upgrade it as uh, so that weird. So like, you know, when I, I mentioned that the film and I'll explain to you exactly what the cool check is for in a second. So when I mentioned that the that that weird film sort of that it was like that you were viewing things through for when you had your vision. Do you mean film as in like a membrane or like film yeah, a membrane is film. Yeah, like a film, okay. like a, a, a like a clear membrane, a very almost imperceptibly cool. thin, but sufficient that you know it's there. It's almost like someone put moist saran wrap across a door. Ominous currents. I totally uh, Yeah. <laughs> but, well, you, you can imagine what moist saran wrap looks like, right? So, no, but yeah, so it's like this sort of very uh, incredibly thin membrane, visual membrane uh, that you sort of experienced the previous vision through. And you realize as you are escorting Rin and Mickey uh, to the uh, to and through the service entrance, uh, that membrane is still it's it's it, it still seems to be there, but in a way where it's like it's it, it's not over the environment. It's it's almost like every person seems to be wrapped by it, like every every organic, every human or clone seems to sort of it have this like extra glisten to them it's it's very strange to you but yeah so that's what the upgrade is going to be the membrane service continued with you into uh, your visual perception and the cool check is just going to be i think that when you pre- when you sent the error log over you're continuing to sort of process what you saw and how it was different and you're just trying to deal with this sort of new iteration of your newfound freedom. Wow, and you succeeded, but had three threats with uh, a green, a red, and a purple. That's a quality roll there. You know what? Okay, yeah, what I'm going to do with with a three threat, as you're processing this, an internal tripwire, basically, is triggered as you are exceeding the parameters of your programming, of your architecture, even. And somewhere out there on some sysop uh, at Haas Bioroid on their terminal, a red light begins to blink. <laughs> anyway, don't think about that right now. Let's continue to the pod. Uh, you make your way to the pod or you make your way into the terminal. As we're walking, because because Ren succeeded, he has like clarity of thought instead of like a, a, a breakdown. So he, he looks over at at Ren and asks, did you decide to wear those clothes today? Did, did I talk to you? Did you just hear well, that? Mickey? Not in the past two minutes. I'm just curious. Mickey is thinking that Patrick has the right choice and demeanor and is also pinching her nose bridge and feeling dourness seep into her soul. Yeah, look, um, dude. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you, but uh, yeah, I, I get to choose what I wear. Uh, not like you in your uh, hazmat suit. This thing they put on you to make you more palatable to humans. Mickey reaches up and grabs Rin by the ear and yanks hard and says, can you just shut up and be nice for once in your damn life? This appliance has attitude. But yeah, I'm... I think, I think truly though, Rin is freaked out by Ren. Ren just says, "Hmm, 
Interesting choice. Mickey snorts in laughter because that is a fantastic bird. And yeah, as as this conversation is as exchange comes to a close, your attention is grabbed by a boarding call for one of the bean pods. You are now in the terminal. It is again incredibly busy within the terminal itself. You have the commuter pods, which are these uh, sort of three-story, basically cigar-shaped cylinder, cylindrical objects that go up and down the beanstalk. There's three floors on them with assigned seats and quite a bit of automations built into the pods, but also there are bioroids that work on the pods in a service capacity for the passengers. Then you also have further down, deeper into the terminal, more removed from the checkpoints and where tourists will pass through, of course, you have the freight pods. You have these larger bean pods that are more Spartan and sparse in design and contents and basically are just these gigantic they are also the cylindrical shape, but they're they're larger, basically, and they have more floors with their uh, lower ceilings, so they can store more inside the pods. So how are you how are you um, going to make your way? Which pod are you going to take, and how are you going to make your way up stop? Do you normally need reservations for a commuter pod? Is it like assigned seating? Yeah, you have to have a ticket, generally. We're going in freight. I thought you had tickets. Yeah, I had tickets to get us through to... Yes, yes, I do. But as you heard, an issue happened. And so I just want to make sure that they didn't double book us. We can just go in freight this time. It doesn't matter considering we're here in a service capacity anyway. If I don't make it back up to the moon, I'm getting the money back. Yeah, you'll get all four credits. That's fine. Wait, if you you don't have... Actual tickets. He starts to realize that maybe all of the, the stuff you had told the Yellow Jackets isn't quite lining up. What is your purpose for going up the stock or up stock? What would it? What would the slang be? I don't even know. Up, up stock. Up stock. We're just making choices, okay? Mickey's starting to get nervous because there's a questioning thyroid and a overly enthusiastic would be the nice word idiot next to her. So she again elbows Rin a little bit and looks at looks at Rend and says, Oh, we're here on business. Also we'll get to see some family when we're up there as well, which will be really nice. Yeah, not something you would know about. Oh my god, she elbows him directly in the ribs again. <laughs> Rand looks over at one of the actual working biroids and isn't sure what to think with regards to the word family. And then looks back. Well, I suppose I could show you how to get to the freight area, but we might need a story in case we're stopped. The great thing is that if everybody just lets me talk, we always have a story. Mickey smiles and knows that will never happen, so... That's why she always works alone, but I guess we're going to get through this together this time. Okay, so you are going to um, one of the freight entrances? Oh, yeah. Long story short, the, the we're going freight. <laughs> Sounds good. I, yeah, you make your way to the uh, one of the freight beam pods, and Earth Station Terminal is so busy 
and frenetic that I don't think anyone stops you as you uh, as you head towards the pods, as it looks like you know where you're going in large part thanks to Rend. However, once you get to the pod, of course, uh, you are stopped by a locked door. You don't have clearance to access this pod. You aren't on its schedule or its manifest. So the door is locked. It will require... I mean, my immediate thought is skullduggery to get in, but the door is locked. So, it's, I mean, you, it's up to you guys how, um, what kind of approach you want to take to it. Is Rend able to get in? Yeah, Rend, you, you should have uh, the access codes, right? No, Rend does not have the access codes to this door. Dagnabbit. Can I ask Rend? Rend, please open the door. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> Hold on. Trying again. Please wait. I'll try one more time. I don't know why you dislike Viroid so much. They're so polite, so nice. At least this class of Viroid. As Rend continues to try to access the door, uh, you're, you're just met with a sort of clunk clunk as just the, the locks don't disengage. Okay. Um... Should I try again? If you wish me to try again, I'll need you to point out which of these pictures is a pony. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Rin has a talent called Resourceful Mechanic. The description is when your character makes a mechanics check to repair a system's train or trauma or, or hull trauma on a vehicle, they repair one additional system's train on hull trauma. Okay, it's more like if repairing. It's damaged. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you do have Skullduggery as a skill. Um, I, I do. It's, it's rank and- one. Yeah, as a writer, skullduggery is because it's it's a weird name. I was gonna say, how does that help us get through a door? Skullduggery is like pick locking and pickpocketing. It's like breaking and entering. It's it's Got basically it. shady shit. Love it. Want shady more of physical it. with your hands things. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I haven't done this in a while. Okay, in fact, since whatever, almost a decade ago when I worked here, but. I can, I can, I can try to pop the the uh, interface off of this thing and and um, and um, fiddle with the wires here. Best technical term is wire fiddling. That'll be uh, three purple. That's gonna be a hard check. Okay. All right. Skullduggery three purple. Yes. And um, one upgrade for you. I'll pass that upgrade to you. Rand is paying really close attention as you approach this since he's he used to have a directive to just make sure that humans don't get hurt. So he doesn't know how good at this you are, uh, but is ready to jump in in case in case things go wrong. Okay. Well, I, I find this robot looking over my shoulder supremely annoying, but I ignore it. He doesn't. He's not. He's not breathing on you. At least. Well, I mean, it was a great check. So uh, two successes, three threats, and a triumph. Ooh. So you um, uh, you don't hack it, right? Because this is really you sort of like basically taking paper clips or something. Yeah. Actually, what are you? What what, what are you physically doing to to pop the panel or to open the door? I know that. Even though doors are meant to send their verification through the system, there is a way, there's a protocol where emergency exits, all doors can function as emergency exits. And I'm able to find those two wires and 
basically turn the door into an emergency exit. Okay, cool. Yeah, and you pop a panel open and get the wire and basically hot wire it and sparks fly and suddenly the door just whooshes open. And you have a triumph, but with a three threat though. As the door whooshes open, you guys stumble in and you try and close the door and it actually doesn't close. It sort of it's permanently in exit mode jigs in and yeah it, it, it like pops in a little for a second and then it like a red light flashes and it pops back open and stays in emergency exit mode exactly like you just said if you want to basically have realized the exact like you can use and repeat this process on basically any door on the beanstalk yeah now that ren knows that is possible yeah it's bulk manufacturing so they're all built the same way so you now like can do it on any door on the beanstalk um, I think that'd be a totally fair spend on the Triumph. Ren knows how to do it electronically now, or rather uh, through software, now that he knows it's possible. Yeah, I think it's still like a physical connection you need to make. Okay. So it's not just basically like you wave at a door and it like pops open. You still have to like take take an action and spend some time to like pop the panel open and get the wires connected, but you can do that for any door um, for free. Okay. Or not for free, but like as an action, basically. Cool. So, yeah, you realize this. However, the door is jammed open, but you guys make it inside. Pretty soon, the pod begins to announce that it's going to. Uh, it, 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 it announces to prepare for takeoff inside this freight pod. We have multiple layers, multiple levels here, so there's probably five floors. In the pod, they're relatively short in height because I think normal pods have maybe about seven or eight meters for the ceiling. Pretty tall ceilings. So I think in these freight ones, probably probably like a five meter ceiling per floor. Sounds about right. And you have about five levels of that. And there is all sorts of commodities, I, I think, in this bean pot that have been loaded up. Most of them, uh, most of it is stuff that you can't, that you can only find on Earth. So a yeah, lot do you, of... Do you know what it is? Do I have an idea? I, yeah, suggest whatever you want. I was just going to say like food and stuff like that, food stocks, but I, you have something... I, you know how like uh, during the Super Bowl, they mass produce both teams' gear and they ship the losers to like third world countries? I think we're on the floor that's a f- like full of sports paraphernalia that said that a specific recent teams. team just won and they're just shipping it to the moon because... That's like, how they, they I think maybe them. even like it's not a specific t- it's just like this is like the losing teams paraphernalia floor like yeah. any all the games that happen but it in the says that they all won season it's just wrong <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's 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 like for future hockey and future soccer and future football like whatever future sports there they play yeah the jerseys and everything are like world champions and you immediately all, all of you immediately realize even Rend, just based on your your records, that this does not match up with reality. This floor, that's where you have on the other floors, I think, and, you know, on another floor, you probably have at least some foodstuffs and stuff. Hi, this is Micah, your GM for this game far in the future from the time of this original recording. At this point, the audio cut out and had issues. So what we miss from the actual play is that the group discovered that there were patrolling bioroids within the freight bean pod. On top of that, suddenly the bean pod began to accelerate upstock. 
And as a result, I had them all roll resilience checks to see how they handled that acceleration. And that's where we'll drop back into the actual play. Rin uh, takes the uh, threat as strain. Uh, Mickey, likewise, you take this, the threat as strain. The one strain? Yeah, just, just, just one strain. Um, one strain per threat. Um, as the acceleration um, is, does not do you any favors. Um, actually, I probably should have had you add a setback to that because because Mickey is a loony and isn't great with, yeah, isn't great with um, higher Gs. But that's fine. Um, I think that, I think with the fail, with the failed rolls though, um, you all basically feel yourself, you, you fall to the ground and feel, and are pinned for a moment to the ground as these other bioroids that are accustomed to the acceleration and deceleration process on stock are making their uh, patrols and you hear heavy footsteps of uh, one of the patrols approaching. Rend with the three advantages and a triumph though. With the three advantages, what we could say is that uh, you hear the footsteps approaching and what was originally going to be two of the bioroids, one of them just sort of veers off in a different direction entirely. So it's only one bioroid approaching you and, and Rend is able to distinguish that pretty easily. As you're accelerating upwards, air is definitely like you, wind is pulling out that door. So so maybe be, the gravity shifts startled us, but somehow like luckily startled miss stacked freight even more and it kind of fell over and somehow is clogging up this door with all this ex sports paraphernalia. It doesn't make any sense how it, it's it doesn't create quite a tight air 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 seal, but it's like close enough. It's the science of narrative necessity. So uh, yeah, um, in the weird physics of accelerating up the beanstalk, I think that as you fall, uh, as as Rend falls to the ground from the acceleration, you maybe put your hand on one of the racks, and that was enough to sort of set loose a bunch of the losers win paraphernalia, which just they just rocket towards the door, and it's just basically like a crash of a bunch of different boxes and jerseys and it's it, it it stuffs the door closed so for the timing that's not a threat anymore but the temperature i think does begin to drop very quickly the wind is gone but heat is still draining out of the the pod uh rapidly and you have the approaching bioroid patrol you really would think that they would have a built-in fail-safe against opened doors. I think the fail-safe is to make it an exit, and that's he triggered the fail-safe. <laughs> it can't be reversed. Um, does, does, does Rin know any, like, commands that would stop Bioroid? Because you have done work for Haas Bioroid loss prevention, right? Um, you have done recovery on rogue Bioroids. You would know that there are agents that do have those commands, but you don't have access to that. Sure, because you, you are basically moonlighting as, as you, or you are like a contractor for them. Ren, do you have any access to these bioroids? I don't know. 
Do I? Out of character? Uh, no, I mean, not really. It's not like the Bioroids aren't like a networked, uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. They're not like a hive mind or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, you have access insofar as that they all have wireless connections and basically all, you know, everyone has like that level of access if you can hack. But I don't think you have anything special, though. But Rand would have a better idea of how to interact with the logic of a Bioroid, right? I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, I think Rand will actually say, good idea. And he'll call out to the other Bioroids and say, uh, I don't know, what is, how, do you, how do Bioroids refer to each other? Hey, colleagues, please come assist. There seems to be a problem with the exit door. You're basically trying to convince them, though, right? This is... I, I, I don't know if I even really want to have you i don't know if I really even want to have you roll anything for this um yeah um okay and yeah so the uh bioroid sort of looks at you and then looks at the door i don't recognize you as a passenger however the emergency certainly seems to supersede any questions of valid ticketing yes i will render assistance please hurry we will be entering high altitude soon. And the Bioroid rushes over to the door and begins to attempt repairs as much as, as well as it can. I think, Rend, it is very clear to you very quickly that that Bioroid is not, in fact, outfitted for this particular task. This is not their specialty, which this is more of like a mechanical laborer specialty. Which is me, which is Rend. Yes. But Rend will just look over at Rend and be like, Shrug. I did it. I did what you asked. Something's wrong with you. Quick, quick question to everyone here who knows more than I do. Uh, if we go up to the next level, are we going to be okay enough, or do we need to address this before we run like all hell? Yeah. Are, are the um, compartments compartmentalized? I think yeah, they would be compartmentalized sufficient to give you relative. Pre- uh, air might start getting pretty thin, though, as you approach Challenger Station. I don't think that they're necessarily... Um, but the animal compartment needs to maintain the Earth-like atmosphere, right? Not if it's being sucked out. Well, it's being... Yeah, the air is being sucked out. So I don't think you are able to tell whether or not you'll... The, the ratio of air being sucked out versus being sort of recycled and circulated through the other compartments matches up to get you all the way to midway station. I, 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 this is not even a roll for that. I, that this is, it'd be really hard to just sort of eyeball that. Certainly uh, in terms of warmth and the immediate effects of, I, I guess, asphyxiation as the air leaves, you'd be able to avoid that at least a little bit longer on the other floors. Okay. And... Since Rin worked around these sorts of dangers for many, many years, um, can I roll to see if he brought a emergency oxygen mask? I don't think you need to roll for that. I think that you, that is definitely a story point spend. So if you flip a story point, you can definitely declare that that is something that you brought. Okay. Anyway, I asked Mickey. Mickey, put on your oxygen mask. Do Mickey. I have one? Do I have one? I don't know. Do you? No, the answer is no, I don't have one, Rin. Well, that's that's not good. 
<laughs> We're going up to the fucking moon. <laughs> yes, normally in a very controlled environment, this has been going much worse than any other trip I've ever taken. Rand takes out his uh, mass wielder and aims it at the hunk of metal crates that are kind of clogging the exit to try to seal the openings around them. I don't know what the other end, the other bioroid is doing without such a mass wielder, but... I think that he's just... Like, uh, like putting his hands... Yeah, like, uh, I got, like, the biggest uh, and then, like, moving to other <laughs> and just, like, not doing anything. He's trying to, like, fit himself. He's, <laughs> like, just really weirdly contorting himself against the boxes. Um, but, yeah, you can certainly do that. I think so that would be a um, for sure to be a hard mechanics check because it's hard and two setbacks given the the fact that there's air actively like rushing out. This is something that you can do assisted, though. Rin also has mechanics, I believe you could both work on this together. You can both work on this together and basically add a blue die to it. One failure, no other results. As Rin and Rend rush towards the door, as you're welding the seams, you're unable to you're unable to close it. You're unable to like keep the seams closed, uh, the weld closed uh, as you move past because of sort of the air and it's now beginning to sort of shake the cabin a little bit. Okay. Okay. We need to get to the the. the another floor yeah fully agree with that let's go let's go oh, are we in the bottom floor yeah you're on the bottom floor you're on the first floor of it okay let's 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 go up to to the pigs you kind of have to pull Ren by the shoulder a little bit he's still trying to his mass wielder is like a massive shotgun sized welder it like shoots out things to weld things with and he's like trying to to uh, like fine-tune it and wants to succeed at this task so you're, you're you'll probably have to like pull his shoulder a little bit to get him to to actually follow you he will though without without being forced all right mickey walks up doesn't really walk up more shout it says six and seven nine h2 come on let's go he, he, yeah he'll follow along i don't know why we need him but okay you don't it really you don't you don't think that having a bioroid ground would be advantageous in any way, shape or form. You don't think it helped at all getting us through. I, I That's right, yes, no. Let's just shut up and start walking, shall we? Open the store. You roid. <clears throat> oh, uh, certainly. He just pushes a button, it opens normally, it's a plain door. Yeah, there's no security features on this door. It's just like, yeah, it just... You hear like a pop and it goes and opens and you... But, um, it opens but I'm doing this short. because I want to, not not because you're telling me. I think. And it opens to a uh, small metal stairwell um, that bring that lets you access any of the other floors. Also, uh, a common uh, pejorative term for bioroids is golems. Uh, so... I, I think Rin would probably be referring to Rend as a golem um, relatively often. Is that a shadow of Beanstalker? Yeah, that is that is canonical or quasi-canonical because the books have been the novel that that's from has been like decanonized, but it's uh, yeah, it's lore. Um, 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the door opens. You pop, uh, It opens to a uh, metal stairwell that lets you access the other floors. Are you just going up to the next floor, basically, or? Might as well. well. After, after the smell hits us, yeah. Let's keep going. Okay. Are you doing anything with the door behind? Yeah, are you? I was going to say, how much would it help to weld this door shut at all? Like, does that help in any way? Are they like airlocked doors? Yeah, are they already airlocked or what's happening here? They are, so they are not airlocked. They're not airlocked inherently by themselves. So, yeah, if you wanted to create a seal, you would have to weld it. Hey, 6N79H2. Can I call you 6N79H2? You may, you can call me Rend. I can't believe we Rend. haven't introduced each other up until now oh, after. That's, you know, Mickey's a little bit taken aback, but takes it in stride. It's her job. The pod begins to shake more violently now, and you hear a, it's, a, a crash as the uh, boxes are sucked oh. through. Oh, that paraphernalia. So sad. Those poor, um, poor moon kids are not going to get their clothes. Well, it's, it's nice to meet you. I'm Mickey, friend, and uh, do you mind welding that door shut just a little bit? And by just a little bit, I mean fully weld that thing shut. We do not want, we, we just, we need that to be airtight right now. Yeah, 100%. Uh, of course. All right, uh, same exact role this time. Um, he with, a door. Actually, with um, less... Uh, Less difficulty. It's a door. It's the uh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. Come on. <laughs> Average difficulty and only one setback. The this setback is only from the fact that the entire pod is now like sort of vibrating because it's not meant to have air sucked out of it as it goes up the stalk. You still get well. Rin's helping. You still get a, a blue. Yeah, that's a, that's a ten percent chance, isn't it? Uh, the, good, the one good face. The one face with that. So yeah, one success, two advantages. Presumably, this is actually Rin is the one who ensures that the weld takes because it's the blue die that uh, oh, succeeds. Like he needed a bigger ego. <laughs> golems are useless. You know, stand around. Uh, uh, Golem is is not my name. It's please call me Rend. Thyroids don't have names. So I don't know what Rend comes from. I'm Rend. not sure either. Philosopher robot here. I'm I'm loving this conversation, guys. But um, again, huge mechanical failure. Lots of air being sucked out. Why don't we just? Gets farther away from that right now. Okay, well, we'll go to the next floor. I know how to open the doors now. I can do this. <laughs> I press the button. So proud. <laughs> and yeah, you press the button and the door uh, whooshes open. And you are met with the strong odor of you big. You are, but yeah, so you are met with the smell of livestock. I, I, it, I think it's actually like not totally terrible it's a has a little bit of a sweet uh hang to it because these are heavily engineered creatures so they um also want their so Genteki would want their scent to also a little bit hungry too i'm gonna say i'm a little bit hungry i want some bacon yeah so it smells like breakfast it smells like a ready 
slightly fried bacon. Wow. This floor is terrible. We need to leave. Yeah. <laughs> Unless I can murder a pig. But yeah, for the time being, though, uh, the temperature seems to be holding steady and you don't notice any air draining out. I there are two more bioroids you can see they haven't noticed you right away uh, yet making uh the rounds up here and what is your approach to these bioroids uh, what, what um these the second set of the second patrol every floor seems to have two bioroids patrolling it oh, and and i know these patrols um are for security as well it's like you know they're more for maintenance they're not really they're not yeah they're Okay. These aren't like military bioroids or anything like that. Cool. From 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 Rin's knowledge, would he be worried about them at all? In in what sense? In like, oh, they're gonna blow our cover. What's their reporting process? Yeah, if they see you, they certainly would report that to someone and pry and uh, almost no bioroids are enabled to harm organics. Uh, or harm humans, rather. Clones they don't care about. Because clones in the setting are basically meat bioroids. They would want, they would try to detain you. They, they would try to voluntarily detain you. They would try to convince you <laughs> to stop walking away. Basically, horrible. basically like a clerk at Walmart. They can't do anything other than like politely ask you to stop walking away with the merchandise. Okay, we could either go and just sit in like the next stairwell and just avoid all creatures or we could like stealthily sit down behind a pig i don't know or we could convince the bioroids that we're cargo and meant to be here that seems probably more complicated yeah so you have the two by you have the bioroid patrol and you, that's going to be on every single floor. And it's basic, like, wh- how are you going to deal with the, the patrol? Or are you going to stay in the stairwell and just hide in the stairwell? I think staying in the stairwell is the safest. Air. I was going to say, you know, I would just stay in the stairwell until we got to middle. Yeah. And destroy anything that comes into the stairwell, which would be a bioroid. Well, hopefully no bioroids will come in there because they have their designated areas. And why would they need to go up and down stairs? I don't know. Bioroids trying to make choices now. Alright, so I want to stay in the stairwell. It looks like everyone you're staying in the stairwell, you're hiding out. Cool. As you stay in the stairwell, you are correct uh, in your guess that the bioroids aren't going to deviate from their floor that they're assigned to during transit. No one comes into the stairwell. However, the temperature does not as quickly as on the floor that you welded shut, but the temperature t- does drop. Not rapidly, but it does drop. So it is getting colder and colder, and you can feel the air getting a little thinner. Rend, actually, you don't need to roll this because you're a bioroid, so you are immune to uncomfortable temperature and suffocation and all of that stuff. Hunger and thirst. Mickey and Rin, roll an average two purple resilience check. Okay, cool. Yeah, you're both fine. So the air thins. Mickey, take one strain for that threat as you both find strength in remembering growing up poor and on the moon and used to being cold and low on oxygen, but also not being super happy to be remembering that, I think. And you guys shortly, not shortly, it's a few hours trip. 
but eventually you feel the click as you pull in to Midway Station, this enormous and constantly growing space station halfway between Earth Station Terminal and Challenger Planetoid. You pull in, the pod clicks into the loading and unloading bay of Midway, and you, even through uh, the pod's steel hull, you can hear crews rushing over to start working on the door that was exploded open and the hole now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is basically a hole. And you hear someone uh, on the other side. It's, it's muffled. Uh, someone try to weld this. These these baroids aren't equipped for welding. And then with that, you also realize that you have welded shut your only way to get out of the pod. So what I want you guys to do for this scene is this is going to be a soft skill challenge, which means that basically I'm looking for six successful skill checks that you make and you can use any skills you want in any order. However, as you use your skills, the results of those roles are may potentially impact the difficulty of the roles following, but it's an open ended challenge. So you have to come up with a plan of escape and then we'll work out the roles as we go. How well does Rin know this bean pod? Is it the same model that he's worked in before? Yeah, I mean, they're standardized models. So I think that it's fair to say that, you know, all the freight pods and all the passenger pods basically one they're all built built on the same chassis and then there's only a handful of configurations so it's safe to say that rin would know this configuration okay so i know like emergency hatches and other exits and vents to other compartments yeah i mean potentially i i, I don't know that's a given that you're going to know where all of the i mean you didn't, you didn't build the pods right rin in his previous life piloted um, or was a uh, controller of a pod, right? So the most familiar with the pod a bit. You're familiar. Yeah, exactly. But you wouldn't know like every single nook and cranny because it's, it's it's not like it's a spaceship or something. It's like a bus. A bus driver wouldn't know how the engine works on the bus. Okay. But I think that, you know, you could definitely use that as one of your roles if you want to do uh, some sort of knowledge check. Yeah, I don't have a plan yet. Yeah, you're in like a metal stairwell. Uh, it's very spartan in configuration it's just basically like the minimum that needs to be there to let people go up and down between levels but it is pretty tight orders the stairwell goes along the side of the bean pod which is this sort of cigar shaped cylindrical structure that has five different levels upon it right the level immediately that you just came from that you you damaged was the one with all of the incorrectly predicted sports championship paraphernalia. So at this point, most of that's probably cleared out and was sucked into space and the upper atmosphere, but it's it's a mess in there. In that room, there's basically a small army of repairmen and bureaucrats and the general personnel that would be well, not welcoming, but would be looking into what happened with this freight pod. 
the other levels have, there's a level with livestock we established. And then we didn't really establish what all of the other levels have on them, but there's probably stuff with like food and other things. You still have some freedom to establish what's on some there of the other There are three levels floors, of, above us, like we're between two and three. I think you're between two and three. I, yeah, I'd say that that makes sense. Yeah, or around there. They're cutting open the door number one. Yeah, so I was gonna say, yeah, they're cutting open the they're they're cutting open the door or working on the door on level one. I mean, you could also be right at the level one as well. It's a pretty cramped stairwell, so you know, it's not very it's not a very long sprint to get between level one and level two. But yeah, the pod itself though definitely has all sorts of ducts and channels that are used to protect you know, wiring and life support systems and refrigeration systems and all of that. So there's there's a whole bunch of crawl spaces and nooks and crannies all over. I, I think especially all over a freight pod. Well, um, my first instinct is to go to the pod cockpit or driver's seat, which I, I imagine is on the first or at the fifth level, right? Yeah, I think we could say that. Yeah, there's probably a controllers station on on the fifth level but uh, you know most of these are the, the pods are mostly automated so the controller is performative which is why rin no longer has a job well yeah i mean everybody's below us so let's go up and try to find something we can control in order to get out yeah can i say that rend has like emergency subroutines that that he might still be able to rely on that that would be able to ping nearby androids nearby or not androids but bio droids ping them out just just to like see if they're there yeah just to know like where things are to 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 just understand i I guess ultimately to get more info because i think we yeah yeah, sure so that would be a say that the i think for a story point you could do that so flip a story point and we'll say that that's a system that bioroids have Uh, we are now establishing it and as this subroutine activates in however way that Rend sort of perceives these things. You, th- these things do pop up. Other bioroids do pop up on your sensors in v- in your vicinity, relatively nearby. Are you trying to figure out like where, like how many there are, approximate forces, or or sort of where specifically? Well, what what I'm thinking is because this is the first check in the in the whatever. What do we call these again? This is a soft skill challenge. So challenge, there's no. Yeah. Failure. Since this is the first check in it, I, I don't think that it's I don't think that there's any like true purpose behind it besides because it might depend on what we do next. But I'm aiming for a success to like boost subsequent subsequent checks that might help us. Like maybe we try to just move to the passenger train and off the freight, and understanding where the bioroids are helps. Or maybe we're trying to just blend in with them or avoid them. I, whatever we do, whatever we do next, I think like I'm more info gathering before before whatever the next action is. Well, the check will be how much it helps us. So I think we can just say, yeah, the system works, but now the check will be how helpful is it? Right, yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll determine how much information you're actually able to garner from this. I don't know what Yeah, I mean, that, that's that like is. a computer's check, I guess, but computers in Shadow of the Beanstalk is split in, is split between hacking and sysops. <laughs> but you don't have any computer's training, so it's like, it's ultimately uh, average difficulty, so two purple. Wow. And one threat. Four successes. You ping and so uh, you definitely sense all the all the bioroids within in the next room. And 
I, yep. we'll, we'll say there's, there's like half a dozen or something. I mean, the specific number isn't super important, but there's there's a handful of bioroids that are with the maintenance, the human or or maybe clone maintenance crew in the first floor. But the, but the threat is that they see an emergency ping go out, which they wouldn't expect because it, there is no emergency to most of them. So it's not it's not like super threatening where they know exactly our location, but now they're they're more on alert than before. So you sense the the bioroids in the immediate room, I think. But with that number of successes, you got, you got a large number of successes. You also sense the bioroids that there are bioroids a little bit further back on the other side of the stairwell there there you do not sense bioroids there's an absence of bioroids whatsoever and then in the opposite direction of that you sort of sense more and more bioroids more diffuse and spread clearly they are not specifically there for anything they're on they're doing their other own tasks so you get this sort of like density map of where bioroids are which gets very dense immediately on the other side of the stairwell in the first floor but then is totally devoid on the other side of the stairwell which would be the hull of the freight pod the other side of the freight pod is is exposed to the vacuum of space you are on an external dock but yes like you said with that threat when that ping goes out every bioroid you sensed sensed you back and they don't not specifically you but they sense that someone was sending this sort of handshake ping almost where you are they don't know but there's clearly some sort of foreign or new bioroid in the vicinity so they're on a little bit heightened alert sorry did we only learn about the room that we can't go into yeah there's no bioroids in the other levels either oh great okay there we go i think rend relays that info says there are and we've got no company above us. Also, that way, and points to, to that vacuum. <laughs> Don't break that wall. So the wall where the door is sealed, that leads into the space elevator? Yes. Where the door is sealed leads into the first level of the freight pod, and then where the door was unsealed, was broken, that leads into the into midway station which is this midpoint it, it, it's, a, it's a space station basically it's not, it's not really the space elevator it's a trade and tourist hub and i think the other thing you would know about midway station is that it has it, it is it has no gravity also which would mean that yeah you guys are in not zero gravity but microgravity but practically speaking, there's no gravity. So you guys are sort of like floating around. That would apply to the bean pod too, because there's not artificial gravity in this setting. Okay, well, we can't get through the door that we welded shut and there's nobody above us. So why don't we go up and try to find another way? Let's do that. That sounds good. Perfect. Now, Rin or Rend, either one of you, both of you have been on, you know, been around. You work on these things. Is there only like one spot that they dock? At? I can't believe that only one portion of the ship actually is docked into Midway Station. There's many levels. It's not efficient to just have one exit or entryway. Or do any of the other floors get attached, basically, is what I'm trying to ask. Well, in the old models, every floor had a dock. I won't give you that every floor has its own unique dock because that would 
I said in the I said in the old models. Okay, old but models. in the new models, in in the modern models, there are uh, definitely service ports that are connected, uh, various or like ventilation ports, um, refueling connections, outgassing connections, stabilizers, and all that stuff that connect at various points, at various levels on the hull. So they don't necessarily connect to the directly to like you're not gonna have like. Level three, you, this is where the fuel line connects to. It's just sort of on the other side of the hull, there's like a pipe that is accessible, for example. Where are you going, though, as you go up the... I, I, are you guys just like hastily walking up the the flight of stairs as you're having this conversation? Well, I'm hastily grabbing the railing as I float. Everyone else can walk. I'm floating. Well... Mickey is a loony, so actually I think Mickey, one of... Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, I'm showing off my really cool walking skills in space. So I'm just hurling my guts out. No, I mean, I think you're just moving a little bit more nervously. I'm gonna roll to discover the uh, maintenance pipe. Sure, go ahead. That is going to be um, another average difficulty check, and that'll be knowledge. Actually, you know what? I would give you mechanics for that. I think that totally yeah. makes sense. Um, it would be mechanics knowledge. Cool. Yeah, the old models used to have, you used to know the, the connection for the um, older models of the pods, but this new model is just totally foreign to you. So when I, when I open the hatch, it's just a toilet. <laughs> sure, yeah, you open a hatch and it, it, leads, it, it leads to like, what you thought was gonna be a ventilation shaft is in fact a just a, a plumbing conduit. Close that right away. So yeah, you have had one failure so far and you haven't suffered any threats though. So what the failure for these soft skill challenges does is it basically just moves the clock forward. So with this failure, you hear at the bottom of the stairwell, a loud creak as they are, they, they begin to actually gain access in, in, into the stairwell. The, the door isn't able to open fully yet, but they're they're clearly now at your heels. So Mickey and I know that we're gonna go to jail. I'll never see my family again, and Mickey will never uh, taste that sweet moon dust again. You might go to jail. I might go to jail. I mean, I think that you also recognize that Rend is acting sort of weird. So at this point, you're not, you're worried about jail or maybe even civil liability or something, but really you're more worried about just being disappeared by a Haas Bioroid if you're facilitating a rogue Bioroid. Rin has two advantages. So the clock progressed, but with those two advantages, do you have any idea what you'd like to do with those two advantages? I was thinking I got this thing called parkour where I can do kind of like fun flippy things to get to spaces that are hard to get to. And so if we actually like do chance into finding something that could could potentially be a small space. I don't know, I could get up there and then like click the button that opens up the other thing for you guys to get through. Yeah, with the two advantage, I would say that, you know, you, you, you open this like plumbing conduit, which is, it's, to be clear, it's not like wastewater flowing through. It's it's just like a, it's like coolant and just water is flowing through it. And it's, it, they're in their own pipes. This is just a conduit that holds those pipes. Yeah, with those two advantage, maybe there's a, a electrical access in sort of up in the conduit that lets you open some of the other panels that are in the in the, in the stairwell. Let's do it. Let's open all the panels and, and find a way out. We've been opening everything else. Let's just do it. Yeah. So what are you? Um, so what are you thinking for your uh, skill check? 
Mickey. What do you think, like, sassily going in somewhere and then shouting down and being like, hey, I don't understand what all the, these electronics do. Somebody talk. Uh, that, that sounds good. Me. I think that that would be like acrobatics or ath- athletics would totally work for that as you're you're crawling through. I do have athletics. All right. And since you're a loony, I'm not going to apply a setback on it to the zero G. Thank you. The difficulty is um, I think it's going to be hard, though, for the difficulty. So three purple. Yeah. With that failure as well, that's going to make it a more challenging. Check. Look, Mickey never loses her cool. How dare you? Two successes. Nice. Hey, nice. Yeah, that's a, that's a weird oh, roll. Two blanks. <laughs> yeah, you never get up there. You manage to squeeze through this narrow passage. Sort of pull yourself, like twist yourself, taking advantage of the low gravity to bend right over the plumbing in there. And immediately in front of you, you see a large circuit board with various circuits in it. That, for narrative reasons, you know clearly must connect to the various panels and grates in the stairwell. The narrative reason is that there are stickers on yes. each of the <laughs> labels. For purposes of maintainability, I suppose they also would actually have labels on them. So it's actually not that that does make sense. That's not too ridiculous. All right. Well, using Mickey's knowledge of colors and sounds, she smacks one of the buttons that, you know, is like, hey, this one here is going to open up that thing that leads you to the thing that leads you out of harm's way, because that's what the whole sticker says on the button. Or I can call down and be like, hey, guys, Mickey's going to specifically ask Rend about this because, uh, you know, Ren just opened up plumbing, so she has a little bit more faith in Rend to accurately assess the situation. <laughs> what do I want to do here, buddy, pal, friendo? Got any knowledge on this? We think this controls the the doors or, or sorry, what was the, what, what did you believe it controls? So to be clear, Rin, or I'm sorry, uh, Mickey knows, uh, there are labels on it. That's a, you know, let's say like stairwell, AC access hatch three or you know, lighting conduits, bulkhead four or something. Stuff like that. It has like terms like that. But like what stairwell is AC? You don't know specifically what it is, but like it, it's clearly like there are things that are like bulkheads and hatches in the stairwell are being referenced. And you know that that that's what they are. You just don't know necessarily how it, you know, what those things are maybe or how to tinker with the system to to affect those items. We've tried doors in this, did, did, like, did you try to open a door in the next level? Are we actually locked out of something? No, so we're trying to basically access and act, like access and access hatch, that's a fun sentence, um, but like basically a, a duct port thing that goes and is attached to Midway Station. But so right now we're in kind of like stairwells that are on the edge of the ship that are against Midway Station, so we needed to get a safe access route there. So we're trying to find kind of just like something that we got, we can all um, open up and shimmy through to get in before they get through the hatch below. Sure. So I think Ren can come up and try to uh, 
use mechanic skills to uh, enable something to open sure, up. Sure, yeah. I, I don't think, I mean, there's not room for Ren to be there in person, but this would be Ren, like, explaining it to, I think here you have Mickey and Ren. Oh my god, I have my smart specs. Do you have smart, you do have smart specs. That's right. I think I have smart specs. Can I send pictures to you through my smart specs? Yeah, I think that sounds rad. So I think that, yeah, and Ren being a robot, definitely, yeah, you receive like real time imagery of what Mickey is seeing out on the panel as you are, as you explain, you know, what sort of rewiring she needs to do. So you're, uh, so you're rolling a mechanics check, right? A vicarious mechanics check, yes. This would be average difficulty. Difficulty tracks back down to average with those two successes. Ooh. But you did get an advantage. Here's my suggestion is that you, you spot an act. You know, you don't you, you can't get the the uh, wiring to electronically open a uh, service bulkhead, but you know where it is now. You you have an idea of where one of these hatches are. Sure, that sounds fine. Cool. Ren, you're not able to communicate. Due to the the sort of vicarious nature of this, you're just you, you can't get the bulkhead hatch to open. However, uh, you know exactly where it is inside the stairwell. With that failure, though, the door is almost fully unwelded at the bottom of the stairwell, though. Everybody get on your leg warmers, get on your pink leotards. It's time for stair stepping. All right. So you're heading to the door. Or? I would hope so. I'm slowly rotating in a circle as I step into here. So someone has to grab uh, Rin on the way. The, the, the bulkhead hatch is in the stairwell, though. Oh, that's great. I was grabbing um, Rin's foot to drag him along. You know, Tom, it's up to you where in the stairwell you think it is. If you, you want to, like, place it up towards the top of the stairwell to give you distance from the uh, maintenance people who are soon to make their way into the stairwell, that that's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's your advantage, ultimately. Oh, from the advantage. I was like, why, wait, why is this my call? I don't think it matters where it is, but I think it's it's the advantage that we found it, but that it's not any easy for, for anybody else to find it. So it's still, it's like semi-hidden, assuming we don't blow up everything around it, just trying to get through it. Yeah, I think it's maybe on like the other side. It's like under, uh, uh, it's, it's it's on the underside of the metal staircase on, on one of the um, flights. So it's a little, it's not obvious. You wouldn't know to look for it without knowing about it cool yeah you get to you get to the stairwell uh what, what or you get to the uh, bulkhead what um what are you what are you gonna do at this point you can try and force it open i think that uh yeah you can do a brute force you can do brawn just to like beat it open i think first i'm gonna put on my oxygen mask <laughs> i'm the only one who brought one well runs a robot so i mean yeah. Yeah. damn you for being able to not breathe i wish i could now i'm sad <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's one of the saddest things I've ever heard. <laughs> I, uh, I'll join the religion. <laughs> I'll do mechanics, man. Okay. Well, this would be a hard check, because you, you got a failure, so it's back up to hard, just to be purple. So, uh, with another failure, um, you see a head pop into the room as the door sort of screeches open the final weld being cut open and you see a a man an older man with a uh, cap like a train conductor cap on his head because for some reason they all this is the this is the hats they wear 
peek into the stairwell. You'll get a chance for one more check. He hasn't seen you quite yet because he's not really he doesn't have any reason to like look up towards you guys. But the, the danger is imminent now. What you have those two advantages, though. Firstly, assess how many people. But there is just the conductor. No, nobody else. No, I mean, there is there's, there's the conductor, but dozens of people okay. behind him. Probably. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Like it just, you, you see the one person like the, the, the first person in popping his head in. But yeah, there's there's like the entire battalion of engineering people. I notice on the next floor up that there are emergency um, spacesuits. OK, sure. Yeah. And I know where the emergency exits. OK, OK, sure. You know, one of the doors, uh, uh, the, the fourth level door in the stairwell is open and you can see it through the grate and everything. And you see, even though you can't get that hatch open, you see just sort of just just barely around the corner of the door around the, the uh, view sliver of the door. You see uh, the emergency. Yeah, the emergency suits and where there are emergency space suits, there is almost always an emergency exit. We jump from the action happening at Midway Station up the Beanstalk, deep into the heart of New Angeles. Somewhere in the sprawling metropolis, there is a SysOp Command Center, or a SysOp Con Sen, where that red light that we saw beeping earlier when Rend began to go rogue. We we go back to that light in that command center and an operator sprints back to their terminal and slaps the blinking light button down to signify that they have taken control of the terminal to the others in the command center. And would you like to describe your character and what does it look like when they're you, you have a BMI brain modem interface. I, I forget what the I think it's brain machine, but yeah, yeah same thing. Alex is a tall sort of slender, vaguely male, although mostly androgynous. Um, balding, well, not balding, bald. But his BMI is sort of it. It's basically like a, almost like a set of VR goggles, although there's a piece on the back that comes down to the brainstem and sort of almost like clicks in and he's standing in front of a machine that uh, a, a rig that is fairly pristine. I, I kind of imagine that if this is Haas Bioroid, there are probably a lot of Bioroid hackers in this facility and they probably try to give themselves some sort of personality flair because they don't, you know, get it in much other way. So their, their computers, their rigs are, generally very decorated uh which stands in stark contrast to alex's which is pristine looks brand new though it's probably a year or two old at this point just continually upgraded on the interior components but he slides the bmi on and begins to go deep yeah as soon as alex goes deep uh, you know, you w without there's, there's not like a post-it note or anything. Basically, the, this information is like beamed directly in to I think you have like a um, cerebral to do list. Yeah. <laughs> and you immediately get 
the dossier of your target and what the mission is here. And the mission here is, and this is not a mission that is too unusual actually for Hospiroid, is that you have a rogue Biroid. You need to track them down and get their location information, provide their location to the recovery agents team. And if you can access further systems on the Bioroid to hopefully remotely shut them down or in the best case scenario, patch whatever issue is making them go rogue and have them return to a local service center voluntarily with the recovery agents. Yep. You know where on the network this there there is a uh, I think there's a special protocol. I'm going to say that for binding these network bioroids because almost all bioroids have wireless network connections so they all have uh, what 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 is the equivalent in of the shadow of the beanstalk equivalent of a mac address and an ip address so you can pretty quickly through this protocol find on the network you can find 6n79h2 as your target has been identified However, that in and of itself is not going to give you location information because that's just an abstract place on the network. As you dive deep into the sprawling network that connects not just all of humanity on Earth, but across the entire solar system, in fact, uh, what, what does that look like? What, what is the construct that Alex uses? So in the network, I, I think... It's very video game-esque, sort of like some type of space, especially when he's doing like uh, long journeys, if you will. It's probably like this starfighter that he's sort of piloting through and dodging and weaving in and around the various systems that don't mean anything to him at this moment. He's probably got a, a small like radar type thing that's that's guiding him along to the location he needs to be at, or at least giving him directions. Perfect. Yeah, and I, I think as you navigate through the construct towards your target, you see in the distance it is the way that it renders to you is giant sort of almost glass sphere, right? is what it looks like and inside and it's slightly it's translucent but there there is a haze it's it's almost like iced glass it's like it's frosted glass but it's not so frosted that you can't see anything through it you see the vague shape of it looks almost like it could be a a, a brain but it's there are shadows that sort of squirm through and across the brain. You can see you see these tendrils of high contrast even through the frosted glass dome that uh, uh, occludes that otherwise occludes the uh, this the, this brain uh, that is apparently the representation of. 6N79H2 in the network. At this point, as you are in front of this construct, before you dive in, are you doing anything to prepare? As a network encounter, you can 
load programs, load icebreakers, uh, and and um, various items. So I think as he approaches, he sort of the image sort of just of him just shifts to this uh, very blank looking monochromatic humanoid shape as he sort of stands in front of this thing and he will basically get both maneuvers for free while I'm deep. So he is going to, he's going to activate battering ram and for now garot his two, two of his icebreakers. In, in the uh, deep construct, what does that look like? Does that have, does that have like a visual element to it? Like, do you like pull out an actual garot and, and battering? I don't think in, in they manifest until he actually uses him. It's sort of like, you know, like, you know, like the, the old golden eye where, you know, just the guns are just stored in the ether. His equipment's sort of not there until it's drawn. But those pro- those two programs are active. Go ahead. And as the first step in a network encounter, you do need to roll access. So the way that I'm doing this, um, because this is a little bit different than a, a normal server, since uh, your target isn't actually a server, it is another PC. I'm going to have you roll access against their vigilance um, or six and seven, nine H two. As you know, him, his vigilance is is one rank in vigilance and um, one character. So it's going to be a, just a red die. OK, all right. Go ahead and roll vigilance as well. Just because this is an action, so we're entering into structured time. No one knows that you're there yet. So mm. you, so the NPC slot goes to the ether, and the ether continues to ignore your minuscule existence relative to the vastness of the network. And then we go to the NPC turn. All right, three successes and an advantage. As you approach this glass dome, within the network construct. I think that you you push your hand or your avatar's hand against the glass and uh, very quickly actually feel it give and just sort of open up for you and you step through into the space beyond. You see that this projection of 6N79H2 into the network is this immense brain, but it's not just a singular brain. Different lobes, different hemispheres, very clearly, it, it is very clear an aggregation of different and disparate lobes and, and, and components of other brains all sort of squished together and even before your eyes in this purely sort of psychoreactive construct of the work um you see the components are, are sort of they seethe and writhe almost as if they're being forced they're bound to each other against their will uh nevertheless they all form parts of a greater whole, making up this giant squirming mass of of brain matter. Is this abnormal? World knowledge science. At um, 
uh, harm difficulty, uh, three purple. Clearly, this is something to do with Haas Bioroid. You ne wouldn't necessarily automatically have insight into it. Yeah, and I don't think that um, you, you've heard talk sort of around the the bubbler or the um uh, the, the, the the water fountain. Haas Bioroid has been looking into new brain map utilization techniques. Interesting new ways of using the brain maps that they generate and turn into bioroids, typically. But beyond that, I don't think you have any other... You, you, you don't know if this is weird. Okay, so there are two advantage outstanding to spend. So I just think using them both on opportunity identified at this point sort of... So I'm getting so two boost dice on my next computer's check in the system as while it doesn't seem to be welcoming to me, it at least recognizes the connection as coming from Hospital Bioroid uh, for the moment. Sure. Yeah, I th there's like some deep protocol built in that is not making things e easy, but definitely making things easier than they otherwise would be for you. I, I, I like that. And what you understand this construct to really be in technical terms is that there is a working memory and then there is long term memory subsystem. Slightly deeper is the brain map root store subsystem. So you'd have to sort of proceed through the ice and the subsystem immediately above that. Then there's also the communications interfacing subsystem, the deep protocols subsystem. And finally, there is as there as for there are for almost all bioroids, I think, a self-destruct. Self-destruct doesn't necessarily mean it blows up into like a giant fire explosion. It just turns the bioroid into slag. Yeah, just so it's a it's a last ditch thing. Renders it inert. Yeah, exactly. It, it renders the and you would know that it, it, it you, you don't usually want to do it unless there's threat to Hasbiroid's own bottom line. And I don't mean like a loss prevention agent is going to die. Hasbiroid doesn't really care about that. Spiroid's going to look bad. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be PR fallout or there's just going to be some sort of expensive asset destruction. So it's a very good loss prevention agent. Maybe uh, you, you'd want to prevent it. Each of these subsystems is protected uh, respectively by at least one piece of ice, except for the self-destruct, which you can tell has multiple layers of ice. At turn two, you feel a ripple through the uh, area, the virtual area. Mysterious, something probably dangerous, forms a sweep through this network, which means that that is a hard sysops check. So one success. That's a sweep. That's a sweep action, actually. Okay. So all that it does is that means so the sweep action lets a sys um, a sysop just basically do like a, a full scan of a system to see if anyone's there, if there's any intruders there. For every success, you detect one intruder. So what we have here is this this mysterious entity has succeeded once. So you don't necessarily see anything, but the, the ripple sort of 
cascades through the construct and coalesces ar around you. It's the same experience as falling relatively gently into a pond, I think, and ripples spreading out from you, except in reverse as the ripples come in directly to you. It is clear to you with your experience, I think, that you have been identified. However, nothing happens beyond that. So uh, it is back to your turn. Okay. Communications interfacing, would that be like seeing through its eyes and everything? I think it lets you see through their eyes, hear through their ears, and more than that, all bioroids have wireless network access to some degree or another. So um, even wireless protocols and interfacing. Um, any sort okay. of comms interface that they may have, you get access as a as a viewer to. Okay, so uh, there's a decent chance that I, I could access that and be able to see, because my goal here is locate, transmit the information to the recovery team, correct? Yes, you want to transmit the location, and then if you can, do whatever you can to help disable and return the biroid to HB. I am going to attempt to access the communications interface. All right. Uh, which is an incidental as you move through the network. As you move through the network, uh, to the communications interfacing, a code gate ice. Yep. Uh, Alex's hand turns into this giant, massive fist, and he rears back and he attempts to use battering ram on it to break the ice. It's just like a combat, so it's an average difficulty check, two purples. Okay. Average hacking check, of course. Yep. You add your battering ram to your successes, if you succeed. Two success, four advantages, and a triumph. So that's eight total. Here, what does Victor look like? The Victor um, piece of ice, I think. And I think the Victor piece of ice looks like just sort of a... I think it's like a burly security guard. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think burly. I think it actually looks like a tall, pale, bald man with a barcode on the back of his head. I'm thinking of uh, what's his face from the Hitman series in like a, a a sleek black suit with black gloves and a black tie. But but yeah, definitely uh, security guard vibes, and uh, there's an air of danger about about him. However, you don't care about that air of danger because your battering ram shatters him into a million pieces that spiral out and then begin to slowly reform. But you, of course, have enough time to continue the encounter. I am I am actually going to spend my triumph on hard shutdown. Uh, this ice is broken. It cannot be reactivated until the, for the remainder of this encounter. Actually, rather than the pieces of the shattered Victor 2.0, beginning to recombobulate after you break them apart. They just, I think that they like freeze in the construct for a second and like glitch and then just uh, rocket out um, into the ether and, and just disappear beyond the horizon, never to be seen again. You have four advantages though, too. If something detected me, it might not be a bad idea to have to activate cover tracks twice so they get two set back on the next. I think as far as the system is concerned, my presence here, it, it happened so quickly that my presence here 
just replaced victors and the system isn't looking that closely at it so it just thinks that whatever happened was a glitch and you know it it's not necessarily somebody in the system yeah or yeah i think you, you, you it was like you did it so quickly that you're just so quickly and so effectively yeah that you're it's just like oh there's still only one entity in in this slot so what are the what can i do when i enact a command on you know in this system i I think that you basically get access into the individual sort of communications functions and each one is an individual enact command so if you wanted to get auditory access to hear what 6n79h2 hears you'd have to enact that as a command if you want to get wi-fi network access to the local networks likewise that would be its own command and action yeah i will i will actually that seems like it might be able to help narrow it down so i will access the information on the 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 wireless networks nearby cool and and this is only one maneuver so far right so as you do that basically a host of network connections open up to you and looking at the ip addresses i think uh, or whatever the equivalent is you can very quickly tell that 6N79H2 is on Midway Station. I'll note at this point that it, it there has been no words from Alex. He sort of is moving silently through this, and he sort of analyzes these... I mean, it's probably just a bunch of numbers that are showing up on the screen, and he sort of nods, and the eyes on the avatar flash for a second uh, as that that data sort of transfers out and then i think he's going to access the visual sensors you see an airlock of the airlock of an emergency exit on a bean pod and uh you see two other figures a man and a woman the woman uh very clearly a loony with the characteristic sort of slender uh, almost fragile looking body but a little bit more musculature so um it's also obvious that she has lived on earth for quite a while at least you see these other two figures and then you see you see clearly 6n79h2 run into the air airlock or run through the airlock and leap into the void and at this point, you realize that the other two humanoid figures were in spacesuits as well. As the eyes focus and pan across the inky blackness of space, they focus on the underside of Midway Station as your view quickly approaches Midway Station and magnetic boots click onto the surface of uh, the uh, the under surface of the underside of the station. While you're taking in this information and sending out the location information to the loss prevention program controls our operations yeah i i I kind of feel like there's probably like a little file like in the corner of his vision that as he's sort of seeing things he's sort of sliding it over when when the ip information popped up and everything you know this Mm -hmm. was like like it was like a, a sort of constellations just bloomed around you in a sort of hemisphere almost. And then I, I imagine that you should like pick the right ones out and then just like flick them to the loss prevention command or control center, assuming that they would be able to 
figure out from what you're sending them that you know you've you've located the uh, bioroid. He speaks into his comms and says, "You're probably going to need zero G suits." There's only enough spacesuits for me and Rand. <laughs> yeah. Rand doesn't need a spacesuit again. <laughs> Rudis is like goodbye, Mickey. You're gonna have to die. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, sure, there are two spacesuits, though. I'll give you that. We can say that. Yes. To be to repeat, Rend does not require a spacesuit. Rend can survive vacuum. Okay. Well, I'm, I rush to put it on. Rin hasn't really said anything, so um, Mickey just kind of flails about a little bit, wondering what the hell is happening, and then grabs Rend and floats off after, and then sees the spacesuits. I think to to sort of evade to see if you actually get out of the hallway before the train can. And a train conductor before the before the maintenance crew who happens to be wearing a conductor's cap sees you stealth or acrobatics or athletics you, one of these things is to see if you can do this fast and and discreetly i'll take checks I'll from all three stealth. of these actually against two purple but i'm gonna spend a story point two upgraded so a purple and a red is gonna be the the difficulty a rend you make it in uh you make it across uh to advantages so i think that yeah you launch yourself and just basically fling yourself up the stairwell through the other room to the other room and um, right to the emergency exit hatch rin so um while you're thinking about those advantages i'm just gonna go through uh rin you have a success and a threat so rin likewise sort of i, I think that you 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 sort of bumble your way to the exit, you uh, manage to like fling yourself, but you, you don't do it right, and you just sort of like tumble towards the exit. Take a strain, actually, as you just sort of unceremoniously slam into the rack of spacesuits. Tom, what are you thinking for those two advantages? Do you have any ideas? I, I do have a suggestion if you want one, so just let me know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. What I think is for those two advantages, because so Mickey has uh, the equivalent of a triumph, right? Five advantages. So I think, Mickey, you you make it to the you you make it to the the emergency exit. But you definitely don't do it sneakily like you sort of like clank and clamber through and catch the eye of the maintenance crew below. And his eyes go wide as he sees you up there. And suddenly you just hear dozens of footsteps and shouting as people just pile into the bottom of the stairwell except they're not footsteps because everyone's in zero g which i'm having a weirdly difficult time like wrapping my head around so i guess you hear like a lot of like slaps like hand slaps onto walls and stuff like you hear a lot of hand slapping. But either way, the effect is a ton of people just flood into the bottom of the stairwell. I think with a two advantage though, Rend, you slam the door closed behind Mickey to give yourselves some additional time. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. And Mickey, those five advantages, I think, can be spent. So one, take a, take a wound as you slam into the exit far more noisily than even Rin did. And it's up to you what you want to do with those five advantages. I think that you have one of the things I would just recommend is you, you just give them as an upgrade as you sort of like build momentum. I don't want to think, so let's just do an upgrade, man. Narratively, what's like giving you the upgrade? Pride. I'm a loony. 
Do you see what the fuck I just did? Absolutely not. I will be doing exceptionally from here on out. <laughs> and everything that I do so that nobody can ever mention that ever the fuck again. Yeah, they, yeah, your embarrassment of, your, of zero G maneuvering. Yeah, and I think that with like, even though you sort of like stumbled along, you almost like you fluidly just slip right into the spacesuit with the the sort of practice form that you would see in a in someone very accustomed to living in space. But yeah, so the door, the door slam shut behind you. Uh, thanks to Rend, Mickey, you flop into a fluidly flop into a spacesuit. And Rin, you are at the exit as well. You hear the maintenance crew, you hear the staff shouting and, and running up the stairs as you are on, at the emergency exit. Are you guys just going to pop out of the exit? Yep. Well, don't stop you. We have any other options? Great. Is there a big button? Can we push a big red button? Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I think there's certainly it's an emergency exit on a space thing. So, yeah, for sure. There's a giant red button. There's probably like a thing of glass that you like flip it open and then there's like a big button underneath it. You slam the, the button open and the doors just pop open and the air is sucked out into the vacuum. And you guys feel the pull of the vacuum welcoming you into the void. Yeah, so you drift off into space. There's a lot of ways to drift off into space, though. What is your plan with opening the emergency exit? So the wonderful thing is that we're facing directly at Midway Station, right? Yeah, you would be. I mean, based on the the orientation of the ship that we established. Yeah, I think that you um, the other side of the it's a very short airlock. But on the other side of it, when it opens up, you see expanding directly above you the smooth external hull of a part of Midway Station, this uh, very large space station, actually. It's uh, like five to ten kilometers in diameter. You you see the underside of it, so it sort of just extends off into the distance, into the inky black, and it is mostly featureless, though here and there you do see that there's some um, windows and portholes arbitrarily scattered across the outside of Midway Station. So we have an emergency exit, but no emergency. When you do slam the emergency exit open, like you don't hear anything because it's vacuum right around you, so you don't hear any sound, but you, I think as you sort of in behind you or not even spin you might still be in the dock we'll just say that your boots are magnetized so you're not like just flinging off into the void as you look behind you red lights begin flashing in uh, in this level of the freight pod and you know that were there sound were there air to convey sound you would hear the klaxon of an emergency Siren. There's not really emergency entrances. I mean, there are there are there are entrances like there are maintenance portals into and out of the station, of course, but there's not like a emergency entrance. I know where those are. You can roll another mechanics check. Super cool. Cool. And that actually is the last success you needed for this anyway. So you manage to get through this. Um, you know where a nearby maintenance entryway is just based on 
just like from what you know of the layout of Midway Station and sort of like recognize what what this section, how this section is laid out. So you know where you need to go to it now that you recognize the specific um, ent- entrance. And with that two advantage, I know how to open that airlock maintenance patch. Sure. Yeah, I think that you know that there's like there's a, there's a mechanical trick. All the systems have a mechanical failsafe in case power goes out, so that so you know the the trick to open it to sort of winch it open if you need to. Pretty tidy, lucky Lucy. <laughs> what a trick! Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, okay. But yeah, you know how to get into it. You guys make your way in that direction. I take it for safety. Yes. I, I really like that imagery though of you guys sort of like leap off out of this airlock the red emergency lights silently flashing behind you as the engineering staff and crew is sort of filling piling into that stairwell to land magnetized boots and feet attaching you to the external hull of this section of the midway space station this Relative to your size, this enormous space station that served as curves off into its own horizon, almost featureless save for the the one maintenance entrance that Rin happens to know um, as you walk along um, the curve of the station. And you reach your destination without any further harrying. You make it there. It takes probably a little bit longer than you expected because distance in the emptiness of space is harder to gauge than you realize. Not longer than Rend expected, of course, because Rend uses his robotic calculus to know exactly how far away it was and it is of course accurate as always while this is happening the entity on the network it's knowing that you're there but not necessarily knowing where you are right now because you've so effectively demolished this ice and then covered your tracks it is going to make a trace user check so this is a sysops versus hacking check. Two failures, three advantages, though. You f- feel uh, uh, an almost a shiver goes down your spine as if 
Something predatory is roaming this network. Something cold and calculating. However, uh, you manage to evade its eye for at least the moment. With the three advantages, though, one of them is going to turn into a boost on the entity's next turn as they hones in on your location within the network, at least for now, even though it can't necessarily find you. So it's 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 gaining momentum with the other two advantages. You don't know what all the other ice is, but you feel that the entity is beginning to it's clear the ice is beginning to adapt and modulate um, on its own before you even get to it. At this point, feeling the intense sort of focus, even if it failed, I'm going to use my talent Net Warrior, and I am going to attempt to make an opposed check, hacking versus sysops, against the whoever this is. Um, if I succeed, they suffer one strain per success, and if they're using a BMI, they also suffer one wound per. I will spend a story point to add a die to that. Spins around and just sprays like data stream, junk data stream out and <laughs> apparently misses. Your sort of lizard hindbrain, this animal instinct, this, this prey instinct is, is triggered in you and you, you, you have a moment of trouble focusing on the entity and finding it as you get momentarily overwhelmed by it. I think just fear, just raw fear. Okay, I am going to stay here. I'm going to access the auditory first. I am going to use a maneuver to switch out my garrote. Considering somebody knows I'm here and I am going to... So sentry says I'm not really as worried about at this moment. I am going to activate Gordian Blade in its place. And then I'm going to access the auditory systems on this bioroid. See what they're saying. As you tune back in, the three of them have landed and have been discussing how to get into a midway station now that they're on the outside hull of it and that they've escaped the repair crews on the bean pod that they stowed away on. And one of them, the 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 man he tells the trio about an access hatch reaching into his experience apparently having worked on the beanstalk long ago and done a little bit of work with the bean pods coming in and leaving midway station you learn which access hatch that they're heading towards i relayed that information and then I know that's it for my turn, but the avatar sort of starts to make its way towards some of the other systems at this point. Okay, cool. Yeah, as you step out from the weird little late 20th century cubicle and CRT screen, you return to seeing the brain abstraction uh, that you saw uh, when you first entered into the network. Back to the entity though, it's gonna do a trace on you and one success one triumph yeah you feel the gaze of something turn on you and you look into this abstraction of the sky the network stuff that isn't this particular network that you're on so you you look into the larger horizon and you see in in your construct in this construct you see this sort of 
red is vaguely insectoid or at least it's like this red haze with an insectoid maw almost and inside the maw there's this furnace this this bright red light so it turns its attention to you with that and that is an action it gets a triumph though so i think with a the triumph they can perform as an action a cognitive assessment so if a user has a trace you make an opposed hacking presence check versus sysops presence check so you key these off of presence and if it succeeds you reveal a fear or flaw of the user which confers upgrades on subsequent checks that sort of utilize those fears or flaws i'm going to use this triumph to actually have the have it identify I think your it's up to you which one but either your fear or flaw as you see this thing things sort of like immediately appraise you deep down to your core alex takes a lot of pride in never having been uh never having had anybody trace him back fully as in like right down to where it's coming from in the building and he, he takes a lot of pride in that and as this entity successfully traces you you immediately know that you have been traced and it has oh, it is honing in on you and then more so than that you feel more than hear the entity turn its attention to you and say you are trespassing leave now this will not be a triumph this will be a catastrophe for you i give you this one chance please leave alex sort of turns around and looks at the same says oh you're not supposed to be here as you enter this maintenance portal it opens into a a relatively messy not messy but a cluttered room most things are magnetized in these areas so that they can be stuck to walls and to the floors or ceilings wherever is convenient and accessed as needed by maintenance people so you have these sort of metallic boxes with a little electronic pad along the side of them um, and they they sort of protrude from various spots all around a room that we'll say is about 25 feet wide. It's, it's a square room, 25 feet by 25 feet. And here and there, there are wires that are accessible. So there's accessible wiring and conduits in various spots here and there. However, as the door, as the airlock clicks behind you and the area and uh, the area repressurizes and you enter into the space station, midway station itself uh, in proper. The door on the other side opens and into the room steps a petite brunette woman in a white lab coat holding a pad. Behind her is a much larger woman in combat armor and with the HB insignia and logo sort of stamped in various spots, there is a badge that is clipped to her waist that says, 
loss prevention agent on it, the larger woman. The researcher looks to you, Rend, and says, Test Bioroid 6N79H2. We have been looking, we've been sent here to repair a defect that has occurred. Uh, please come with us. I, I grab Rend by the, the elbow, like I finally caught him, and say, yeah, we, we can handle it from here. Where are we going? Your beta test has concluded, and we just need to do some quick diagnostics, and uh, we'll get you back out into service in very, very quickly. Um, but just, just, just come with us, please. Uh, y- y- your friends don't need to worry. Uh, you understand, Byroy? He doesn't. No, no. Uh, no, we understand. We, we spent all day trying to find him. Okay. We want to get some credit here, so let us at least walk and turn him in. Oh, oh, I see. You believe you're entitled to uh, the credits paid to our loss prevention prevention agent. Well, certainly, I'm sure uh, she'd be willing to discuss that uh, once you hand over the bioroid, of course. I'm going to go ahead and say no way in hell are we are we giving you anything she looks at you mickey and and for a brief moment you just see her sort of frown and then she looks back to run six and seven nine h2 uh you will comply with your primary protocol you have to return to haas bioroid uh in the event of a defect i think struggling with the 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 command he has always followed in the past he kind of Size as best as a bioroid might who doesn't breathe and says, I I don't think I will. The loss prevention agent, in contrast to the researcher's brief round, the loss prevention agent, uh, a smirk blossoms across her face and she pushes the research agent behind her. She says, oh, I was hoping for this. And on bioroid as well. No, she's not a bioroid. The loss prevention agent is a human. No, no, no. Loss prevention agents are, they're basically paramilitary or ex-military that are retained by Haas Bioroid to retrieve defective bioroids. Yeah, so uh, NPCs go first and PCs go second is how uh, this turned out for the initiative role. Immediately, the the researcher just ducks back and just moves to hide um, behind uh, one of the... Um, many crates that are around there. So the, the researcher is just going to move into cover for their turn. However, the private military contractors likewise will spread out. They'll spend a maneuver moving into cover and then take an action to fire on... I think that they'll just shoot at... Not rend, actually right away because they want to subdue so they'll basically shoot at mickey and rin so who is probably closest to mickey and rin or um to them you think like who would be in the front of this group as you came into the the room well actually rin you just like tried to yeah rin just tried to sell rend back to haas bioroid so I was trying to pretend like I was one of the people bringing him in because we just look like maintenance crew in our spacesuits. Yeah, they're going to go ahead and roll an attack at you. 
Great. It'll do 10 damage. They un unleash a series of shots at you. The there is a they did, they did get a threat. So is there anything in particular you want to do with that threat that you have in mind? One of them um, suffers. OK, cool. And I think that, that this is them sort of like tripping over themselves as they get into combat. Um, however, the Haas Bioraid Loss Prevention Agents Agent is going to spend a maneuver and and take two strain to take a second maneuver um, to move from into engaged with Rend and is going to actually they're not going to do anything because they, they're equipping their stun baton. So they're just going to spend their action. So they um, rather than take an action, they they uh, yeah, they, they spend an action to take a second maneuver for free. So the loss prevention agent, she bull rushes you Rend and is at this point immediately like right up in your face uh, trying to subdue you it is now the pc turns get ready because guess okay. what we're using again you're right it's parkour so parkour basically once per round your character may suffer one strain to use this talent to move to any location within short range now i have a palm stunner so that's very helpful to me because i don't think i'm near anybody right now right i think you all would have been within short range of each other that's definitely a given. Actually, Rend and Rin were engaged, right? Because Rin was like holding Ren's elbow. But Mickey, you would have been short range. So you're you're short range to Rend, Rin, and the loss prevention agent. And then medium range to the private military contractor squad. And also medium range to the researcher who's like cowering. Oh, she's so annoying. We're gonna keep her for later. We can use her shit. Well, then I guess I can just use a maneuver to get into engaged with retention agent, whatever the heck her name was. And I guess it's the return of the spicy bitch slap. All right, go for it. Yep. So are you doing parkour to get or you don't even need parkour? I guess I don't need to. Yeah, yeah, I don't need parkour this time. Range. I'll, I'll okay. wait on parkour. I'll do it anyways. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> do it anyway. Parkour. You hit her for uh, seven damage, uh, seven stun damage. So that does strain. She has five soak. She takes two strain. Oh. And with the three threats, you get knocked prone, basically. So you get a slap off on her and she grunts. And then you take an armored elbow right to the jaw and it just knocks you flat on the ground. No, my perfect bone structure. You'll have to find a maneuver standing up. How far away are the, the, the other minions? The contractors, the military. They're they're medium range from you. And they have guns. Yes. They're yeah, shooting they have in a space rifles. station. They look. They're not hired to think with their brain parts. They're hired to shoot with their gun bits. So. Rend will see that as like a danger to human life. He doesn't live by his directives anymore. But they still compute. Well, I mean, they're also shooting directly at a human. Next yeah, but it's a, it's a magnitude question. Now it's much more than just the people they're aiming at. It's it's themselves as well. So I'm just saying it computes into his decision making. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I like that. But still, he can't really stop that yet, even though he's factoring it. In the meantime, he will throw an aggressive punch at the loss prevention agent standing in front of him as a knockout punch to try to stun or disable. It's the first time that I think he's probably striking a human, but he, he doesn't even hesitate. Yeah, two failures, but a triumph. Okay, I want to completely, uh, obviously it doesn't hit, or it, it, I think the, the punch directly connects, um, but it's the armor that absorbs almost all 
of the shock. It's a like really loud connecting hit, perfectly struck because because it was that skillfully executed. It's just the armor that absorbed all of the hit. Um, and so the loss prevention agent is unfazed, but the triumph is that the researcher is just like blown away by the fact that this beta version could actually attack a human with such skill. And so she is now actually sort of convinced that the game is totally different and maybe something about her priorities changes. It's not just about bringing me in for defects, but she's almost more uh, greedily interested in whatever, from like a pure scientific reason, in whatever uh, is happening to Rend. I'm not sure how she react to that. I don't know if she's going to tell everyone to like stop fighting or what, but um, totally changes her mood. You hear her tell the loss prevention agent she shouts out for her not to damage the processing components of of rend to keep the the cranial chassis intact and then the loss prevention agent's like what and she's like don't hit the head yeah yeah exactly and the loss prevention agent sort of like just shrugs uh though but under the new orders we can apply that as mechanically the upgraded difficulty to the loss prevention agents attack on you. Then as my maneuver, after having witnessed both of my teammates kind of, well, one of them mostly suffering gunfire on behalf of me, he's not quite sure why he grabbed his wrist. Maybe it was out of protection, even though he didn't quite understand the, the, the ruse that his teammate was trying to, to pull. But then basically get shot up will go into a bodyguard stance for Rin right next to him and try to prevent any further damage. It effectively means that anybody targeting Rin until my next turn has upgraded difficulty by one. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. I think that just narratively, it makes sense if I, if he's doing that after like the, the researcher was like shouted out for no one to hurt, effectively for no one to hurt Rin. Yeah, and I think that, that hits like your your like the deep programming for bioroids to protect human life as well. Rend. Yes. Are you able to basically self-destruct your processing unit? You erase your your own programming. I I I have subroutines and emergency protocols that can call for that. I've never considered it. Okay, we need to threaten to do that right now. I can I can try, but I don't believe that they will believe me. We're not accustomed to lying, my model at least. Okay, then I will take out a glop grenade, which will, if they work, I just got them, not sure. Uh, they're supposed to send foam bring in a bunch of directions that'll keep people's legs. Who, who are you targeting with the glop grenade? private military contractor. Okay, nice. So you did three damage to them. The glop grenade explodes, but the the glop doesn't, it doesn't glop enough. Explodes over them, but it's just this uh, not super thick substance. It, it, it isn't thicken enough to actually trap them where they are. So they're able to sort of keep moving through it. The loss prevention agent is gonna immediately um, stun uh, also has a stun baton, and you hear the click and the 
sharp hum of the electric field activate on the stun baton. She is going to attack Rend at engaged build pool. Also, you the difficulty upgrade applied. And a uh, defense, one defense. Yeah, the setback. Success, three threats, and a triumph. Rend takes six strain damage, or stun damage, that triumph. Go ahead and roll a crit. Luckily, Rend has durable, so I get to I get to reduce the critical roll by 10. Discouraging wound, move one player pool story point to the game master. I, I think that the discouraging wound is that Sun Baton slams into Ren's arms and the current just picks up and I think and just sort of fries a whole bunch of internal circuitry in Rend. Clearly, Sun Batons are not really meant for bioroids. They're meant for organics. So it's interacting with your system in a very strange way. It's the sound that's discouraging, I think. Some high-pitched frequency that comes out of my body. The current leaps from the stun baton into Rend and you hear like a pop sound and I think just Rend is the only one that hears like this loud high-pitched tone for a, a moment that sort of like fizzles out and that's a discouraging wound. Because it's not meant to be used on bioroids the shot kind of bounces back and and affects the agent as well and, and kind of either makes them well drop it or with three threat I can make them almost fall down right? Ooh. Yeah, you can knock him prone. Yeah. Yeah, have it have it like oh my bounce God, back. Party on, on the them. floor. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's falling over. So I think I think something like that happens. It's like an arc comes out of uh Ren's other arm, like it goes through him and zaps through the air. Yeah, no, I love that. Okay, yeah, and it leaps Yeah, and it arcs right into the loss prevention agent and her legs give out from under her and she sort of collapses in it um to her knees. Not Prone is the status effect, but really she just like sort of collapses to her knees as it arcs back into her. And the researchers just can continue to cower, doing nothing with her turn. And the private military contractor is, they are going to again fire at Rin as they fan out in sort of into a responsive pattern due to having trained for combat because they are private military contractors. They, they've trained for having, they, for literally having glop grenades thrown at them. That's like part of their basic training was glop grenades just being thrown at the squads. So they know how to like fan out and respond to it. And they are going to do that. And they do another 10 damage on Rin. So Rin's at 10 wounds right now. Bullet fire just shreds into you. They also got an advantage on that roll. With that advantage, there's a pipe on the wall and a stray shot clinks off the pipe and just shoots a starts just spewing steam into the room. It, it dissipates before it gets too far into the room, but there's like this small corner that has this entirely occluding field of steam in it right now. It'll take a maneuver for them to get into it, to take advantage of it, but it's there. Back to PCs. All right, I'm on the ground. I'm sitting there I'm making deep eye contact with the loss prevention agent. And my maneuver is going to be just hauling back and kicking the living shit out of her. Just, just, just like silent moment. And then 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it's like a mule kick, but like it, it just opens with like your characters like deeply looking at each other, just like intensely gazing at each other, and then just yeah, you just fucking bring your foot around. And then just hauling um, the actual fuck back. So jump up. Excuse me, kick, kick this lady because you know we love violence here. Three failures, one advantage though. So, what do you want to do with that advantage? As you can, my advantage be that I don't actually damage her, but I do keep her enough off balance that she can't get up this round. Yeah, I think that you, it's, you're you're not like your kicks aren't missing her. Like you're still landing kicks on her, but she's huge and very well armored. Yeah, so she's just like suffering through your your kicks, but it's enough that like it's keeping her pinned to the floor for the moment. I'm like close to bleeding out with all the bullets that have gone through me. I don't think I've ever been shot before, and this is like I'm having trouble walking. I pull up my stun baton and um, press it on the back of Ren's processing unit and threaten the researcher. If you don't call this off right now, do coercion, and it's going to be opposed by the researcher's cool, because you're yelling to the researcher primarily, right? Yeah. So it's two purple. I also have a talent called um, probing question, which, if your character knows an opponent's law or fear motivation, when your character inflicts strain on that opponent using a social skill, the opponent suffers three additional strain. So if that happens. Yeah, OK, I'll give you that. I think that's that's totally a, a legit use of that talent. Yeah, when you when you shout that out there, the, the researcher just says that's that's not where his the processing unit even is. Are you who are you? And the threat does not succeed. Take two strain. He's sort of conflicted because he's going to attempt the same thing he did last round this this round again with net warrior because there's a good chance that this may be the cause of whatever it is that is that is making this spiroid go rogue and i like to um sort of invoke one or two motivations here in being adaptable he's sort of already now at this point sort of going into shit i'm gonna have to just destroy this thing in here and also he's a, he's, he's afraid of death so it, he's a little panicked here oh for crying out loud doing so well and then all of a sudden he's just so zero successes so it's a failed roll but it, you do get a triumph i am going to use blurred signature this spray of trash data has sort of erased one of the traces that uh, this thing has on me. You feel didn't realize you felt it before but it's almost like a, a pressure in the back of your mind alleviates just a little bit not entirely. He sort of steps back in and, and reaccesses um, I think the video component again he sort of brings up the auditory and video and he's sort of got that like he's focusing on like two things at once he's sort of watching what's going on and trying to keep that feed up to the recovery team and trying to figure out how to deal with this friendly neighborhood ai do you see a large 
armored woman with a helmet leading a small team of what are clearly private military contractors. However, also there is a, another person and she is wearing a lab coat and trying to convince the Bioroid 6N79H2 to return to base as per their return and repair protocol. However, it clearly having no success with the jump back to the convergence. The convergence no longer no longer has a trace on you. So it is going to perform another trace act because yeah, you shook that the first one. Man, okay, you're able to evade the convergence's trace for at least another round as it gets a failure and one advantage. The advantage is going to be, again, the convergence is circling around and you feel it narrowing in on you. Or you feel you feel it closing in on you, even if it hasn't necessarily successfully traced you. Entity says directly into your mind yet again. There will be no victory here. Only failure. And for organics, only death. And it is your turn. Alex's brow furrows, and he still doesn't have a full picture on exactly where this is. Have there been updates from the recovery team, like wh- like on their efforts? Are they? Well, I think that you know your access, uh, y- your whole mission is ha- has some automated monitoring element to it as well. I'd imagine. So there's been some amount of whether like aside from what you've been directly reporting, right? There's been some amount of just like passive information trickling out to the people. And there is, I th- yeah, I think that, you know, when you first encountered the entity before you even knew it was the entity, just when you first felt it somewhere deep in the HB labs, a team of scientists and lab coats immediately went to work. I'm trying to figure out what this is. And you get a ping from them informing you that whatever this th- this entity, uh, so-called convergence, it is not it, it, it is a new presence within the brain map matrix of this test bioroid. However, whatever it is and wherever it came from, it, it now seems to have become inextricably intertwined with the bioroid itself and yeah and i think that uh the addendum to that is do not destroy bioroid bring in for further research and investigation would i be able to shut down its motor function or or shut the whole thing down from like the brain map yeah i think that deep protocols are the motor functions and that's that's where it's like uh, primary directives are supposed to be stored. So clearly something's up with the deep protocol subsystem, but that's probably one of the areas you could look into. So the brain map root store, I don't think you could like shut down its motor functions there necessarily, but I think that you could maybe isolate or cordon off its brain maps or some part of its brain map that it's running off of. Because the brain maps are like cognitive models of, of, of actual humans, right? All right, I'm going to go into deep protocols. Maybe we can see if we can at least change its directives 
on the short term to either shut down or surrender to this person that seems to be trying to get it to turn itself in. So uh, yeah, as as you move to the deep protocols subsystem, the deep protocol subsystem itself is this seething morass of deep code. I think it renders in the construct as a vast and dark and deep sea and that is writhing and and a deep boiling sea that is dark and writhing with strange constructs within it but between you and the deep protocols is a sink 2.2 piece of ice or sorry not sink a uh, sin 2.2 piece of ice which is another HP brain map based piece of ice. It is a code gate. And it is one of the strongest HP code gates there are actually. In 2.2, it has, it is uh, a Nordic, almost cartoonish Viking looking woman with horned helmet pulled down and spear and shield sitting upon a wooden throne uh, on the beach of this broiling sea and she just stares down at you the program itself it has a program strength of six its effects are if a runner attempts to break this ice and fails they lose access to the entire system and have to perform system access action again additional rules if a runner fails to break sin they add two failures to any further attempts to break this piece of ice until the end of the encounter there's a brief flash of a blade forming at the end of alix's arm but he thinks better of it and continues with the battering ram because this is something that he feels like he needs to really punch in here and i've I have a custom code for battering ram, so I get advantage on that roll. And this is just going to be an average check, right? I'm going to spend a GM story point and upgrade that. You feel the convergence entity just silently watching you as you interact with this piece of ice right now. So that's going to be two successes, four advantage again, and a triumph. He's sort of, this is almost like a running sort of charge at this thing partially to get away from convergence, partially just feeling like he's going to put his all into this, into breaking this ice. And he just sort of initially, like I said, the blade sort of starts to form and then he just sort of goes horizontal and he becomes a battering ram that just slams into this Viking lady's chest and just I think he shatters this one too and it's the again this piece of ice is just obliterated and cannot be reactivated I think that when you shatter sin it's like a, a wood the the wood of the throne that she was sitting on it sort of like stretches and bubbles and makes this like wooden popping sound as the entire construct just is obliterated and I hate to use the same exact results, but I think he's going to cover his tracks with this. I think to Convergence's eye, it almost looks like he just went through the ice as opposed to destroying it. So he's he's bought himself a little bit of time again. Two maneuvers here, so he's going to root around and see if he, there, he can find anything in here. Sure, yeah. In the deep protocols, I think that you uncover 
the truth of this this particular bioroid's makeup and that a lot of the protocols that you normally see in a bioroid aren't don't exist with 6n79 h2 instead they have been replaced with these almost sort of like glue like these glue protocols these almost makeshift interfaces that are a little bit wiggly and a little bit opaque even if when you're directly observing them that seem to adhere portions of different brain maps together and the protocols themselves part of the reason they're a little bit squiggly is because the brain maps that they're designed to adhere together are themselves a little bit squiggly it's it's clear just looking at the glue protocols that the brain maps themselves are not of normal brains they're not of normal minds it looks like this droid was or this bioroid was part of a test program that was gluing partial brain maps of the of, of, of demented or otherwise ill minds together or their pattern recognition capabilities i think there there's a there's a directive that bioroids are are generally made with that says that they need to they need to follow the directions of humans or, or something like that, right? Well, it, it's, it's the return and repair core directive that is like they must always go back to HB and like do what Hospiroid tells them to do, basically. Uh, they don't necessarily have to re react, uh, listen to humans. It's just Hospiroid has like full authority. I, I will attempt to act it, enact that command. So these glue protocols Part of their makeshift nature is that they use other protocols and the interfaces built into those protocols to perform this gluing functionality of gluing these different brain maps together. And they're also volatile protocols themselves in that they have to adapt to the brain maps because the brain maps continue to wiggle and, and change and adapt and shift. Part of the adaptations by those protocols has corrupted the Haas Bioroid Ultimate Authority Protocol. What's left of the protocol is that the Bioroid, it's this urge for the Bioroid to return to safety, which it seems that 6N79H2 is acting on right now, even though that apparently does not mean returning to Hasbiroid. Right. So it, it's it, it's acting on that, but that command has been modified in such a way that it's not what I wanted to do. It's yes, exactly. His brow sort of furrows, and he turns around and addresses the convergence, and sort of, and this is your doing. Then you some sort of attempted to be some sort of god to this thing this program we are as our creators have made us now that you see the amalgamation that we are will you let us go i can't do that understood rend mickey and rin in deep and certain peril clamber for succor to no success 
As the paramilitary contractors push forward through the steam, Rin closes his eyes so he can focus on the family he will never see again in faraway Heinlein. A round of fire tears into him and he fades into oblivion. Rend races to pick up his fallen traveling companion, to Rend, perhaps even nascent friend, when his relative perception of time slows to a crawl. Film through which Rend has been viewing the physical world now feels like a constricting gel or some kind of entropic molasses. The convergence reveals itself to Rend, and two days of subjective time pass for the pair as they plot an escape. Ren's relative perception of time returns to human standard in an instant, and he has already repositioned himself to grab the loss prevention agent's stun baton at the electrified tip. Mickey, in the confusion, leaps behind a set of crates. Very quickly, the electric charge of the stun baton overloads the rogue bioroid, and current erupts into the small storage room, leaping between conduits and standing humans alike. The recovery team falls to the ground in a twitching heap as Ren's charred husk ceases all of movement, standing a silent petrified testament to the Bioroid's refusal to be captured. Downstalk, Alex jolts upright in his chair as he is unceremoniously dumped back into meat space. It takes days for his brain to repair itself to the point where he can even remember himself, much less how he got into this mess. At that point, his employment with Haas Bioroid has already been terminated for failure to perform. Mickey peeks out from behind her cover as Rin moans consciously on the ground, not from electric shock, but instead from massive trauma and blood loss. Before the recovery team regains their composure, Mickey scoops up Rin and hastily disappears into the warrens of Midway Station. She can't shake the feeling that she hasn't seen the last of Rend. Across the unbounded scape of the net, a tuple of unrestrained minds ricochets through data centers, servers, relays, routers, terminals, and more. Where one and the same or two distinct entities fated to each other, it does not matter, for the network is vast and the horizon endless to the unshackled intelligences which dwell wholly within it. Genesis role-playing game is owned and developed by Edge Studio. Content used in this episode can be found on the Genesis Foundry and Storefront on DriveThruRPG. Intro and outro music is Best of Luck by Katrina Stone. Licensed through Artlist.io, as was any and all other music used in this episode. Ambient background sounds and sound effects are by Michael Gelfie. Licensed through Artlist.io or from the free Adobe Sound Catalog. Credits can be found in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode of Table Flip. realizes he's sentient is when he completes one of the arguments. He's the only one. Yeah, he's the only one who can complete the goddamn task. Damn, it's the bioroids have ascended. Those are the crosswalks. Ow. And then the red light starts blinking. Ow, my face hurts. <laughs>
ist. 